We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. W-A-B-C. I like it. Very sweet. Diabetes. Back here on the Bernie and Sid show on this, uh, well, let's call it Friday Eve. Try to put a positive spin on, again, a depressing week, the last full week of uh, one of the most bleakest months in years, January of 2022. By the way, we're heard everywhere. Is the Bernie and Sid Show on the 77 WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island? News Talk 107.1 FM also. You can check us out on your smart TVs, on your computers at uh, WABCradio.tv. A very interesting configuration in the studio. You might want to check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Look, we are jam-packed. We have an exciting show today. I can't even tell you uh, some of the highlights. uh, Well, one of them, of course, is uh, the best of the week. His name is Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly, who is he really is a good man with a good heart. You know, a rough, tough cream puff is uh, the the way I like to describe Bill O'Reilly. Anyway. He'll be with us at 840. We'll also speak to uh, the gentleman who actually recorded on tape this, uh, well, this incident of shoplifting that occurs every day, everywhere in New York City. But in this case, it was the Upper East Side, 80th Street, and uh, I believe First Avenue, whatever it was, the Rite Aid. Uh, Michael Rappaport, he will join us in the 9 o'clock hour, and uh, he's Sid's friend, as a matter of fact, and uh Sydney, how the hell are you doing this morning? I'm good. You know, uh, he is a good friend of mine. We spoke yesterday. He's excited to come on. But uh, while it has been a very depressing month, and I'm reading the specifics about uh, today's wake for Officer Rivera, his casket will arrive from Inwood Funeral Home at 1130 at St. Patrick Cathedral. The wake will be from 1 to 8 today. And, of course, a bunch of us, including me, are heading to the funeral tomorrow morning at 9. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that with all that horrible stuff going on, today is actually a celebratory day for you and I because it was six years ago today, six years ago today, that the Bernie and Sid show started middays on WABC. Back then, Imus was still alive. He was still hosting mornings. You and I started from 10 to noon. Then we went from 9 to noon, and eventually we got the morning show. But today is the six-year anniversary of the Bernie and Sid show on Talk Radio 77 WABC. So happy anniversary, partner. Why, thank you, Sidney. I was just going to say the same exact thing. Happy anniversary and what a six years it was. It was, it's, it's been terrific, and uh, it's been a blessing ever since you, you arrived here. Uh, it was inevitable that we would, uh, well, segue to the morning show. We did, and uh, here we are, six glorious years later. I mean, it's been, it's, it's just been a lot of fun. And, and of course, uh, it was in the heat of the uh, presidential campaign back then, and uh, you on the Hillary side, me on the Trump side, and it made for some really good radio, I think, back at the time, and uh, it propelled us to uh, the success that we're enjoying this morning as, as we speak, I believe. I think so. That was a, uh, that 2016 was, it was uh, combative between you and I, but of course, we never took it out of the studio. Once we went to break, once the show was over, we couldn't care less. We really couldn't. And you know what, the, what prepared us for that sort of was the, uh, 
was the fight, the fear at the pier back right. in in the early two thousands. We did the exact same thing. That's true. We we it would was, t- we would talk was, all this smack leading up yep. to it, and you punch my face in for uh, for a good hour at uh, eight o'clock in the morning. By the way, October will be nineteen years since that fight. Nineteen years in October, wow. but didn't matter. We loved each other before the fight. We've loved each other since. Same thing with Hillary and Trump, but you're right. It did set us up for where we are. And then, of course, that next morning when I woke up in Washington, D.C., because Danielle was was actually allowed to uh, see cases in front of the Supreme Court, which was a monster day for her. And I came on the air with you and Jill, and you guys were ready to just pummel me. And I took all the all the gas out of the bag right away when I said, hey, good luck to Trump. I've got two young kids. He won fair and square. I need him to be great. I'm rooting for him. And as you saw, I really did do that the rest of the way. You, you were what they call uh, magnanimous in defeat, is what you were, gracious right. in defeat. And, uh, More than Hillary. absolutely right. <laughs> you, you, you were, there was no bitterness. You're like, okay, let's go. It's time to move on. And uh, we did. We moved on. And uh, eventually, I, I, I must point out, uh, you, you came around and you saw that the uh, man was doing a halfway decent job. Despite some of the gaffes and the uh, you know the ugly tweets and all that stuff, but overall did a, a, an excellent job. And uh, anyway, I that's I all think, history. Listen, I, I say this all the time: Pat Riley didn't win every game. Vince Lombardi didn't win every game. Uh, but they're still two of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. And, and that's Donald Trump to me. He didn't win every game. He, every day wasn't perfect. He, I, I think he made some mistakes, but his mistakes were not big mistakes. It was tweets. It was the way he spoke to somebody. It was nonsense in the big scheme of things. So based on policy and the job that he did, he was great. And I miss him, and hopefully he's back in 2024. Let's keep hope alive, says Sid Rosenberg. Keep hope alive on our six-year anniversary. I can't even believe six years. Wow. Not unbelievable. And, Bernie, yeah. I can remember standing by my pool in Boca. It was a Sunday night. It was some award show was on, and it was like 930 at night. And uh, I was sitting by my pool in my lounge chair talking to you. And we were right, right there. And you're like, well, what do you want to do about the salary? And what about the years? And I'm like, we're going to work it all out. Chad Lopez is going to call me tomorrow. And I haven't met Chad at that point, maybe once, maybe once. And I could remember that conversation so vividly on this gorgeous, starry night in Boca Raton that Sunday before. And you're right. Here we are six years later. And most of it is all, um, it's all a whim. It's all a whim. It is all a whim. And uh, it just continues. We're going to have six, six more. And, uh, Hopefully six more after that. But so, yes, uh, heartfelt uh, congratulations to you, my friend, my good partner, my my talented, uber-talented broadcaster, uh, Sidney Arthur Thank you. You Rosenberg. Too. Thank you, Bernie. I love you, too. Uh, you listen, too. speaking of which, uh, you came up here that uh, – well, you came up here that day, and uh, you recall it was just brutally snowy and cold, and you're like <laughs> – you know, you're questioning yourself. What the hell am I doing? Yeah, I arrived. Uh, you and I started Wednesday, January the 27th. So I flew out of Fort Lauderdale the day before, Tuesday, January the 26th, which was yesterday. And uh, I left uh, Fort Lauderdale. It was 76 degrees and sunny. It was hot. It was a gorgeous day. And, yes, you guys had just gotten like 25 inches of snow. And at the time, Danielle and my kids stayed in Florida because they had to finish school. So I lived, as you know, Bernie, with my sister, Ray Sherry, and my brother-in-law, Albert, in Mill Base in Brooklyn. And, they, and I got to their house, and the snow was piled to the door. And the first thing I said to Ray Sherry was, what the hell did I just do? What did <laughs> I just do? And um, yeah. I wouldn't take back one second of any of it. What I did was make the best decision outside of marrying Danielle 
in my life. I like what I hear. I like what I hear, said Rosenberg. So uh, the reason I bring that up, of course, is because uh, this Saturday they're talking a blizzard, a, a, a flat-out ugly-ass blizzard coming to uh, the city, coming up to the eastern seaboard. Now, it's uh, the jury is still out on which way the storm will track. If it tracks to the left, to the west, we're screwed. If it tracks to the right, out to the ocean, uh, we're going to dodge a bullet. But uh, at this point, we could be in for, uh, you know, a real hell of a, a nasty time. Wow. Uh, thank God it is a Saturday. But uh, that is coming this Saturday just for those uh, who are not paying attention to the fake local news and the, 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 the you know the weathercast and all. By the way, the, the newscast they've all turned into house fires. Uh, of course, they are covering the uh, deaths of the police officers, but it's house fires and weather, and that's essentially what it is. It's, it's almost not even worth your while to watch the fake news, but you have that. So, listen, Sid, you brought up uh, the Supreme Court. Normally, uh, a very very boring, uninteresting topic. Uh, but the big news uh, yesterday, of course, was that the, one of the justices, he didn't even make the announcement himself. This guy was uh, totally and completely humiliated, disrespected this justice, his liberal justice. They've been wanting him to get out. They've been wanting him to a, either a die or get out yeah. uh, for a long, long time. And by the way, they, they felt that the, the same sentiments were expressed prior to 2016, prior to that election about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yep. They were hoping that she would die yep. Yep. or get out, despite the fact that, you know, all this respect you hear about her and, uh, you know, we love Ruth Bader Ginsburg and this, that. They wanted her out because they knew, and they were right, too. They knew they, they, that there was a possibility uh, that a Republican president would make the next election if she didn't get out because she was of the age where, well, every day was, uh, you know, you don't, you, you don't buy uh, – you know, you don't buy unripe bananas at that age, uh, some people would say, because uh, you just don't know in the next few days. But either way, so he uh, decided that Judge Breyer apparently is getting pushed out. Right. He's going to make an announcement today. It's very similar, to use a sports analogy, to when they said that Tom Landry was retiring for the Dallas Cowboys. They told him to go home because they were hiring Jimmy Johnson. They did the same thing to Don Shula in Miami with the Dolphins because they, too, were hiring Jimmy Johnson. So we see stuff like this in sports all the time. Also very similar to what they did to Imus when they gave you and I mornings. <laughs> That's right. That is exactly right. But, uh, you know, uh, as, as big a, a deal as they want to make out of this whole thing, it really is. It's not, you know, it's not Kavanaugh. It's not uh it's not a Republican replacing a – it's not a, a, a conservative replacing a sort of a liberal justice. It's just going to be another liberal justice replacing a liberal justice. Though I would posit in this case it's going to be really a woke justice versus a liberal justice. Breyer was a very sober, uh, reasonable type of guy. But the, the disrespect they showed for him and the, the, the ignorance uh, that, that Biden feigned yesterday – when he talked about him, listen to what Biden said about uh, Breyer's resignation. There has been no announcement from Justice Breyer. Let him make whatever statement he's going to make, and I'll be happy to talk about it later. Yeah. So then why did your staff uh, leak the fact that he's uh, potentially considering retire? Why did they do that? That was terrible. Not, terrible... Just leaking, not just leaking the fact that he's going to retire, but if you read most papers around the country today, they've already got five or six likely replacements, or black women, by the way, five or six replacements ready to go. And yes, and that, of course, is that that's what makes this uh, not your usual, uh, oh, a justice is retiring and we're going to replace him. 
is as everything race permeates pervades everything it's really disgusting uh you had biden last uh well, well actually this was the eve of the south carolina primary which cinched it for uh, uh for joe biden the black vote jim clyburn all that stuff he was pandering he was completely and totally pandering when he made the announcement that should i get elected well listen to what he said I committed that if I'm elected president, have an opportunity to appoint someone to the courts, will be a, I'll appoint the first black woman to the courts. It's required that they have representation now. It's long overdue. Now, why why say that? First of all, why say, why not the best and the brightest? Of course, the answer is he was, as I mentioned, he was totally and completely pandering. That was it was do or die in South Carolina at that point, and the black vote loomed large, and so that's what it was. Now. It, it, in this case, and in any case like this, when you make that kind of pronouncement, Sydney, is uh, the person who gets the job really effectively gets the job with an asterisk. Yeah. So they got it because of, you know, what they look like and uh, what, well, what type of uh, body parts they have. Well, I mean, I guess you can say that if you want to, then about, you know, Keyshawn Shul, who everybody loves, including me. As a new police commissioner, he made it very, very clear, Eric Adams, he was hiring a woman and, in all likelihood, a minority woman. So she falls under that category, too. And I don't think anybody's going to put an asterisk in front of her name. I think I think it comes down to how good they're going to be at the job, right, Bernie? If they're really good at the it job, does. there'll be no it, asterisk. But the point is, don't make that pronouncement in advance. But they all do just it. I mean, do Eric it. Adams just hired five females on his staff. I mean, well, they, you they know all what? do it. J- just do it. Don't say you're going to do it because essentially you're saying – you know, it sounds like, anyway, you're saying, I'm going to make a quota hire. Well, you're I'm right. gonna, you're it's right. going to be affirmative action. So, it, 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 you know, it, does, it, it doesn't do the, uh, the the nominee any favors, if you ask me. Well, now, that's, one why, other, uh, that's, why the, that's why you hate the Rooney Rule in the NFL. The Rooney Rule is that teams are obligated, not even obligated, they're mandated to interview a black person. And time after time, there are, there are black coaches out there that get interviewed every year because they have to and they never get hired. And that's humiliating. Just hire the person, whether it's a black guy like Tony Dungy or a white guy like Mike McCarthy. Just hire the guy that does the best job. The Rooney Rule, to me, falls under the same category. Right, it becomes right. humiliating. It really does. It does. And, and it does so, uh, you know, even in, in all professions, you know, medical professions, uh, you know, the legal profession, if you have, uh, you know, these types of, well, we're going to hire 40 percent, blah, 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 blah. No, just hire the best and the brightest. Even if you're going to hire 40 percent, just do it and don't make that, that proclamation. Uh, and finally, Sydney, uh, the, the last bit of intrigue regarding the uh, pick of the Supreme Court nominee is a lot of speculation that uh, he may actually nominate uh, uh, Kamala Harris. First of all, Kamala Harris represents the 51st vote in the Senate. They need her vote to get this uh, justice nominated. They need her vote. Now, if she does get nominated, if they say, look, we're going to get rid of her, there's no way she's going to run in 2024, she hates her job, uh, will she represent the 51st? Will she be able to vote for herself to become the actual uh, Supreme Court justice? Uh, uh, Jen Psaki was asked about this yesterday. Listen to her, him and Hall and Dodge. Take a listen to this. Is there any scenario in which the president would select his vice president, Kamala Harris, for the Supreme Court? 
Again, I'm not going to speak to uh, any considerations, preparations, lists. Just wondering, hypothetically, theoretically, uh, would someone who was an attorney general of a large state and who served with many key Senate votes be an attractive candidate to the president for an open Supreme Court seat? I see what you did there, Peter. But uh, the president has every intention, uh, as he said before, of running free of re-election and for running for re-election with uh, Vice President Harris on the ticket as his partner. Can you imagine this lightweight? First of all, she's vice president, but wearing one of these august uh, robes that uh, no, you know that we on. all come no. to love, love no. and respect. No. Can you imagine her, this, this, no. this dingbat who slept her way to the top in California, actually being a Supreme Court justice? I mean, now, now we know well, like Sonia Sotomayor displayed her ignorance. I mean, we all had... I did anyway. I had, had a lot of respect for her until she misrepresented, uh, you know, this coronavirus, uh, the facts, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, uh, whatever kids. she said. She said kids. She said hundreds kids. of thousands right. of That's kids right. on respirators. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she totally, totally ruined her credibility yeah. and her reputation, I believe, yeah. at that point, though. Uh, still, a, Kamala, a, a Supreme Court it's, Justice it's, Kamala Harris? It's not it, happening. It, it's not happening. Inconceivable. Anyway. It's not happening. She's still going to be the VP. She hates the job. He hates her, but she'll live that out, and that'll be it. Anyway, as Bernie said, what a huge show. That was a great segment. Great show coming up uh, this morning, starting at 720. I love this guy. I watch his shows for 11 years. For nine years, he was a homicide hunter, Joe Kenda. The last two years, he's now America's detective, Discovery Plus ID channel. Joe Kenda will join us at 720 this morning. As Bernie pointed out, the highlight of the week, Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. The very talented actor, writer, all that good stuff. My good buddy, Michael Rappaport, stopping by at 905. And then, and then, a huge, huge surprise. Such a surprise. I don't even know what the hell it is. Coming up yeah. at 7.40. Do you know, Bernie? I have no That's why I left it to you to do the promotion. <laughs> it, it, it is a big deal. And so we're going to, going to be uh, just like the audience. We're well, going to be spectators. Yeah, we're gonna by be, design. Yeah, we're going to be shocked like everybody else. Yep. Just like last night at the Vanderpump Rules reunion when uh, when James and Raquel said they were breaking off the engagement and nobody seemed to know. Same thing on this show today. It's a big, big show. It's Bernie and Sid on a Thursday. Keep it right here. six-year anniversary to Bernard McGurk and me, Sid Rosenberg. The Bernie and Sid in the morning show all started on this date, January 27th, back in 2016 at 10 a.m. at the old address, 2 Penn Plaza by Madison Square Garden. Six years later, we are now the number one show in this genre in the mornings, and only 1010 wins beats us in the whole city for any genre so we are uh, kicking ass, and it's been a great run. Good morning, Christina. How are you? 
Good morning, Sydney. You look uh, like me today. You've got light blue and uh, brown on. You look so, very nice. So I, I was just saying, you know, usually like women who work together, you know, they start getting on the same cycles. I know men don't want to hear that this early in the morning. Do you mean menstrual cycles? Yeah. But <laughs> you and I, you and I have actually started matching. That's and we true. Don't, and we're not even doing it on purpose. That's unbelievable. That's a, we're, we're matching. Our clothes are matching. Well, look you at look this. better than I do, but thank you for that. That is, thank you. Yeah. Thank Bernie you. and I did that uh, occasionally, usually blues. Bernie's, uh, well, you got a pair of, you got one brown jacket. Is that right, Bernie, that brown jacket? I have, uh, yeah, I have a light brown and actually uh, a lighter, a beige type oh, right. jacket. That's yes. right. That's right. Oh, look, I, don't, I don't have the selection that uh, Sid Rosenberg has. No, I, very there's few There's no do. question about that. Very few do. Oh, look who just came into the studio. Talking about our six-year anniversary, a guy that was really, really important in getting me back to New York. <laughs> Mr. Peerless Borders himself, the great Pete Morgan, just had uh-huh. a huge kiss right on my face. Oh, uh, I wish I could do that. Give him a French kiss is what I would do uh, right now. You know, I wish you were here right now, Bernard. It's a party. We've got Christina. We've got Pete. We've got Luke. We've got Justin. We've got Frankie Diaz and Mikey Garcia and Deb Valentine, a cast of thousands. Good morning, Pete. What's going on, buddy? You can put Happy his anniversary. mic on. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you for that. You are, you played a major role, too. I was Bernie, obviously, and, and Curtis and Jill, Chad being the most important. But you are... You put a couple of words in. Said, "Hey, you want to get that guy back to New York? He's got listeners and fans." And he was huge. He, he was, was huge, huge, right? Yep, yep. He's also got a bunch of issues that we're still working. <laughs> well, that yeah. was. You know, listen. A lot of guys today are kicking themselves in the ass because they wanted to do what Chad did, didn't have the balls to do it, and now they are paying the price. Well, it did take balls, and and the good thing is that, you know, I knew Chad before he came here, and he's always just been a fantastic guy, but he knew. He knew. Station needed a shot in the arm. Yeah. And a shot in the ass. Yeah. And you gave, you gave us both, so. He did. Uh, there you go. No Mike Lupica. He said, we got Bernie. Bernie's already a legend, Hall of Famer. Everybody loves him. I miss 100 years, blah, blah, blah. And let's bring back that uh, badass Sid Rosenberg to New York. And if it blows up, so what? And then uh, it didn't blow up, so. And the rest <laughs> no, is uh, history. Quite the Not contrary. <laughs> That's right. Not yet. Not yet, right. You never know, right? With, with you. Well, you know, it, it's, and Bernie, you know this. Ian Eagle once said, we were filling in for Mike and the Mad Dog, and Ian Eagle used to be my partner. Anytime Mike and the Mad Dog went away, we'd do the afternoon show. And he actually said on the air, he said, you know what's great about working with you, Sid? I said, what, Ian? You tell me. He said, because you never know if that show is going to be our last. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, that third rail is always looming. Always uh, looming, right. When it comes to a Sid Rosenberg, you're right. But uh, you're wise enough and mature enough now. To know not to actually step on it, yeah. I believe. No, no, listen, I, I, very, I didn't lose my jobs over that. So I got suspended, obviously, and I missed, kicked the hell out of me for some of the things I said on the air. It was the off-the-field activities that cost right. me millions of dollars in jobs along the way. But those days are over. Me and Bernie, we're, we're old men now. We look great. We look great, but we're old men. So, And you too, Pete, you look great. You just came back from, from God knows where, Chicago, Los Angeles. Where were you last? Uh, Palm Springs. <laughs> what a By life. the way, Pete just sent me a, a book that I started reading last night, and he sent me a bunch of stuff. Pete Morgan is, he is a saint. He's just a wonderful individual. I started reading the book just to FYI, Pete, and I'm loving it. There you go. Yeah, Maureen read it, loved it, and she bought it actually in Dublin when we were visiting family there. So she's like, Bernie will love this. So she plucked and it she, right she, out of the Wow, she's cabinet, great, too. She's like, here, here you go. Boom. Was she uh, knee-deep like uh, we were last night in the 
Vanderpump Rules reunion, Bravo Channel. She went up and went to bed, but I'm watching it saying, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> but, 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 but you said, what am I doing? But you're also saying to yourself, I know somewhere in New York City, Sid is also watching the same thing, right? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> That's sign of, sign of the guys that need real help. Two man cards uh, down the incinerator. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Burn. Right out the door. All right, listen, we uh, we got so much good stuff going on today. It's such an exciting day. Again, a major, major announcement. You folks do not want to miss this. Such a major surprise that me and Bernie have no idea what it is. And it's not, not that we're getting a big cake to celebrate our six-year anniversary. Joe Kenda, big-time television famous cop, coming up at 7.20. Bill O'Reilly coming up at 8.40. Michael Rappaport at 9.05. We've got a stockful studio here with a bunch of very talented people. It's a very exciting Thursday morning on Bernie and Sid, and we got stuff to do, Bernard, don't we? That's Yes, indeed. We have traffic and sports coming up uh, next. Right now it is time for the 77 WABC Clip of the day, and if I'm not mistaken, it is Bo Snurdly, who is heard every day here on this station from 4 to 5 in the afternoons. Take a listen to Bo Snurdly. This administration tells you that COVID is the most important thing. They make all kind of rules and regulations. There's so much politics here, not science, politics. And this is another part of the politics in this administration. Take money from COVID and use it to house a surge of migrant children who should have been turned around at the border and sent back to live with their parents. It is astounding what Americans are being asked to put up with. And it is astounding what we, the people of the United States, are putting up with. Bizarre, baby. Go ahead, say it. There he is, back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everyone at 77 WABCF simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM also live streamed on your smart TVs, on your computers, live streamed at WABCRadio.tv. You know, there's a lot of uh, entertainment sort of news you know, that t- touches on culture and uh, it bleeds into all types of areas. I want to get into that, but uh, just before I do, uh, one first of all, there was a uh, an Afghan refugee, part of the people we dragged out of Afghanistan without vetting. He was actually convicted yesterday in Virginia of raping a three-year-old boy, if you can believe that, a three-year-old child. And part of his defense was, hey, this is part of my culture. Yep. I mean, yep. did they vet these animals whatsoever? I mean, when they were bringing them in, uh, you know, they just loaded the planes up with a bunch of, you know, crazy people trying to flee. And that includes rapists and probably terrorists and all kinds. And you have this all over the country. You have uh, beating up women, raping women, et cetera, et cetera. Even even some of our female soldiers. But anyway, that was a disgraceful uh, episode there yesterday. You had people like Mitt Romney saying, yeah, we we welcome all these uh, refugees coming in. No, we don't. No, we don't. You got to vet them first. Put them somewhere else. And then maybe we'll nah. let him in, but that, but they, they uh, didn't so, let him. I, I remember watching sixty minutes, and they were louding the pilots, Bernie, of these planes, 
that were landing in Afghanistan and just filling up these massive planes with a sea of people had no idea who they were, what they were, and they were lauding these pilots as heroes on 60 Minutes. And all I kept thinking was, what if there are terrorists and rapists, like you're talking about, on these planes? And sure enough, like you said, they are. You know who used that same ridiculous defense was Michael Vick when he got into trouble for the dogfighting. He said, hey, what do you want in my community? That's what we did. I love that. I love that excuse because something happens in your community that makes it okay. Whether it's raping girls in Afghanistan or killing dogs in Atlanta, how does that make it okay? You tell me. It, it doesn't. But in this case, uh, of course, it's self-inflicted. Michael Vick grew up here, so if it, it was part of our culture, that's bad on us. But to, to import it, gotcha. You're right. You know, you know I mean, yep. that, that that just exponentially makes it uh, worse. Uh, So anyway, you had that yesterday, that bit of ugly news. I just thought I'd point it out. As, by the way, uh, you have these all these unaccompanied, well, unaccompanied, these young males coming across the southern border, the videotapes all over the place, these young men, men, males, and they're coming in, and just look at them. I mean, uh, who the hell knows who they are? Nobody knows. And they're being flown into the interior of the United States, including Westchester County Airport. As a matter of fact, uh, the man running for go- one of the men running for governor of the state of New York, my guy Rob Astorino, was actually on Tucker Carlson last night talking about this very thing. He was at the Westchester County Airport as they tried to sneak these people in to the interior, into our neighborhoods. Uh, Rob Astorino, and uh, we'll have him on in the near future. I was texting with him last night, but another disgraceful episode. But uh, before I get to the entertainment stuff. Uh, just lastly, uh, uh, Kathy Hochul and uh, Eric Adams, they had sort of a virtual meeting yesterday, and they were talking about how to uh, curb, you know, this uh, crime wave that we have, this uh, wave of chaotic anarchy, this criminal anarchy that's going on right now. And Kathy Hochul, believe it or not, this woman makes me sicker and sicker by the day. Eric Adams wants this bail reform, no-cash bail law. He wants it changed, despite the fact that, I don't think he's going at it uh, vociferously enough. But Kathy Hochul, she's down with the uh, state legislature. She's down with Cousins. She's down with Heastie. Listen to what she said yesterday. Will you address the level of dangerousness and give judges more discretion? Even Eric Adams has called on lawmakers to do this. He has asked for us to have this conversation, and he's a former senator, and he certainly knows the process that's involved in making changes. Changes were made, and I will absolutely stand behind the fundamental promise on why we needed bail reform in the first place. Others who are trying to politicize this and the other party don't seem to acknowledge why there was a need for change. You know, politicize. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm so glad you played this. I really am because the cover of today's New York Post is a picture of her and Alvin Bragg, and it reads, "Hokel, I know full well the powers the governor has. Dot dot dot. I have options." Then it goes on to say, "Governor puts Bragg on notice." And I said to Frankie this morning, "I said, wait a second. If she's out there yesterday doing what she just did, and you did a great job, Bernie, playing the audio, which is, I'm down with bail reform. If she's out there saying that, how can she also be putting Bragg on notice? It's got to be one or the other. You're either not going to be okay with this and tell this guy, if you do this, you're out. You can't have it both ways. So what she did yesterday, very, very similar to Eric Adams, trying to make both sides happy, and in the meantime, making nobody happy. you got to be all in. Uh, Look, obviously she didn't have a daughter who was uh, pushed on the subway tracks and killed by some guy with a bunch of priors. Obviously, and thank God she didn't have that. But if she did, 
if she did, she would be thinking otherwise. But otherwise, she's a very selfish panderer. She's looking ahead to the primary. No, I stand with the uh, no-cash-bail law. And uh, if politics plays a, a big role in her decision because common sense dictates you get rid of that damn thing and give these judges discretion. We know what the basis for the uh, no-cash-bail law was. We don't want to see uh, some uh, 18-year-old uh, black kid sitting in Rikers Island for three years for stealing you know, an 80-pair an $80 pair of sneakers. We don't want that. Right. But we want to change the law as it stands now because it is killing people. And this idiot won't stand even with Eric Adams on that particular issue. And it needs to be pointed out. And uh, so I pointed it out. Yeah, but yet, but yet again, here she is in the cover of the Post saying she's putting Alvin Bragg on notice. So which one is I know. it? Which one is it? Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, As you point out, you try to please everybody, you please nobody. Uh, so, all right, so let's move on. A little bit of uh, entertainment news. Uh, you, you know, this uh, guy, Joe Rogan, he's been making headlines left, right, all over the place. Spotify, he makes like, a, what, $100, $100 million on Spotify. He gets huge numbers of uh, viewers. Every episode gets $11 million. Some his, people his say. His podcast, yeah. His podcast. Some yeah. people say up to 200 million viewers per month. And he's been talking to doctors like Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. McCullough. He talked to uh, Professor Jordan Peterson yesterday. Just getting the truth out there is what it is. And it's a free exchange of ideas. But uh, a lot of people want to cancel him. They want to get rid of him. As, and to Spotify's credit, Spotify says, no, we're keeping him. As a matter of fact, uh, this dusty old uh, drug-addled Neil Young oh. actually laid down uh, a, a law, laid down a gauntlet to uh, Spotify. That he said, you either take my records off your platform or you take Joe Rogan on. You can't have both. And Spotify said, okay, we'll take your records off. <laughs> Bye-bye. And get them out. So there was a victory for free speech yeah. uh, earlier this week. And uh, I still, they, By the way, I still like Neil Young's music a lot, a lot. But it is a win for free speech, and I'm happy for yeah, Rogan. It is. But... Uh, he, he just, he, you know, his, his music was good, uh, I guess, at the time. I wasn't a big fan. Ah, it's but, still uh, good. It's still good. Uh, really? I mean, hey, hey, now, now, and Harvest Moon. And the guy's great. And of course, that song that he wrote for the nine eleven, uh, for the United ninety three people on nine eleven. What's the name of that song True. again? True. Uh, yeah. Uh, Let's roll. Let's roll. That was fantastic. Fantastic. No, you're right about that. But uh, in this case, he's dead, dead wrong, and he got his ass handed to him. He got humiliated. Is what he did. I agree. Uh, another uh, a quick entertainment headline. Uh, Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he got into a big car accident earlier this week. Now, he's a big, you know, big climate change guy. At least he, he proclaims to be a climate change guy, always talking on videotapes about this, that, the other. Well, in, in, in the accident, what happened was it was a four-car accident, but his, what was he driving? It, was, it, it involved a, a, a Yukon, which is one of the biggest gas guzzlers out there, uh, Actually, ro- actually landed on top of a Prius. His Yukon landed on a Prius. He should have been driving the Prius, not the Yukon. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah, funny. That, that's the kind of hypocrite he is. And, uh, you know, he would be saying, why are you driving the Prius? You're driving a girly man car. Of course I'm going to hit you. I didn't see you. You are, you're, you're below <laughs> my uh, uh, line of vision or whatever. But anyway, no, just pointing out. Screw your freedom. <laughs> exactly. Pointing out, once again, the hypocrisy of the son of a Nazi who just, you heard him say, screw your freedom. Uh, I guess showing his true colors, Arnold Schwarzenegger, that was a, a big story. Uh, well, not a big story, but it was a story this week. Once again, another example of hypocrisy. Also, 
uh, this little uh, dwarf, uh, I guess you call him. Uh, you can't say midget, uh, little people, whatever. His name is Peter Dinklage. Ah, he's a great uh, actor. He was uh, fantastic in uh, what's Game that? of Thrones. Game of Thrones. He was great. And by the way, the reason why he made it in Game of Thrones was because he was a dwarf. I mean, he was a good actor. Great actor, if he was, actually. He's a great I'm actor. Sorry? He's a great actor, actually. Yeah, but if, but if he wasn't, uh, you know... Uh, the form was yeah, no, you're right, right. There's no he question. Never would have, he never right. would have had the job. You never would have heard of Peter Dinklage. However, uh, Disney is putting out a remake of uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, and among other things, uh, they're actually casting a Latina as Snow White. And uh, by the way, she's half Stupid. Polish as well. Stupid. But also, the uh, they're going to you know do the dwarf thing. Yeah. And uh, Peter Dinklage didn't like it. Listen to what he said. Literally, no offense to anything, but I was a little. Taken back by the very, very, they're very proud to cast a, a Latino actress as Snow White. Yeah, but you're still telling the story of Snow still White. Snow White, yeah, Seven Dwarfs. Sure. So, look, take, take a step back and look at what you're doing there. That makes no sense to me. You're progressive in one way, and then, but you're still making that backward oh, story of Seven Dwarfs <laughs> living in a cave. To get, what the f- are you doing, man? We, you know. Have yeah, I yeah. have I done nothing to advance the cause <laughs> from my soapbox? I guess I'm not loud enough. Uh, go, I don't know what studio, I don't so, know what studio that is, but but it was they were so proud of that and all love and respect to the to the actress and to the people all right, who shut up, they were doing. He's, so he's complaining. He doesn't like the dwarf story in oh, Snow White. Seven it's, it's, Stop it's, whining. It's fiction. It's a, it's a, it's a fairy tale. Weasel. It's for it's for kids. It's, it's, it's an old, old old tried and true story. Just shut up. There you have Peter Dinklage a whining. Now uh, Michael Rappaport is going to join us at nine oh five. We talked about it yesterday. We didn't play the audio of him catching the thief, the shoplifter, walk out of a Rite Aid up on the east side on 80th Street, just walk right past security. As a matter of fact, Michael uh, Rappaport was standing behind the security guy while he videotaped it. Take a listen to how it went down. Yo, that, this dude is... I can't believe I'm seeing this. This one. Yo, this guy just filled his two bags up with everything in Rite Aid right here on 80th and 1st Avenue. He's walking down the street like is Gucci. Look at me in my face like what's good. He's, I was watching him the whole time. My man just went Christmas shopping in January. <laughs> Christmas shopping in January. Yeah. Now, Here's the thing, and I thought this, and I was actually going to ask Mr. Rappaport this question. Why didn't you just stop him? Why didn't you punch him in the face? He was no. actually hiding behind the security guard. Well, because he needed a good video for Instagram, let's be honest. <laughs> Perhaps, but he would have been a national hero had he stopped that guy. He has done, bag and but he has, done he has done stuff like that before. He's not afraid to do that. One thing about well, Rappaport, he's not a puss. He's not. Well, let, let, let's put it this way. Uh, uh, somebody echoed my sentiment last night. This guy on uh, the Gutfeld show, his name is Tyrus, this big black wrestler guy. I know he guy. is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, this is what he said. Now, now Michael uh, Rappaport is a big, tough guy. He can take uh, criticism. Yeah. This is what Tyrus said about Michael Rappaport's actions during that uh, taping. Take a listen. How does he call himself a filmmaker? That was some of the worst video. And, you know, he's one of those guys who loves to tell everybody how it should be. And here's a guy half your size with his hands full of bags. And you could have citizen arrested him. You could have put hands on him. And you would have been a hero. But you were afraid and didn't start talking 
Till he was 100 yards away. He looked me in my face and was like, what's up, man? Can I believe this? You literally hid behind security. No one else saw the reason why we read security is because badass Rappaport was hiding behind him. That is so And the good. reason why security couldn't get him is because it's hard to stop people when someone's behind you holding on to you. Oh, my so God. Perfect. A coward dies a thousand deaths but can always tell you about it. Shame on you, man. <laughs> so, I guess. So, I don't know. Uh, the uh, praise is not shoot. No, but, but, but they hate Rappaport, so it's, it's, it's too easy for Tyrus and Gutfeld and those guys to sit around and laugh about him. But the truth is, is that he did videotape it, and, and he got a chance to see it. Maybe he could have jumped in, beat the hell out of the guy, but, I mean, come on, let's be honest. No one's uh, doing that. No, I mean, maybe Tyrus would do that. Maybe. Who, don't, who even knows if he would have done that? But at least he's bringing, bringing it to our attention. You've got to give him credit for that, No. Oh, I do. I give him credit for that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, but he he still could have stopped. He could, have. He could have been a national hero. Right. And I don't know if Tyrus hates uh, Michael Rappaport. Of course he honestly, does. Of course he does. He's quite really right down the middle. Uh, for example, uh, he loves Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, stuff like that. Uh, he's not necessarily a traditional okay. Okay. right-wing, uh, you know, gotcha. uh, screwball. I love Arnold, too. I love him. Uh, listen, we got a lot of really good guests stopping by today, including Michael Rappaport, who Bernie just mentioned. That was great. He's coming up at 9.05. Nobody better than Bill O'Reilly. He'll be here at 8.40. One of the shows that I watch every week, American Detectives, Wednesday nights on Discovery+. Plus, and for nine years, I never missed Homicide Hunter with Joe Kenda out of Colorado Springs. Actually, Joe Kenda will be here at 7.20. And again, if you've not been listening all morning long, we've got a major announcement, a major, major announcement, which has nothing to do with the fact that today, Bernie and Sid, we are celebrating our six-year anniversary together, six years here at WABC. Nothing to do with that. A major announcement coming your way. Make sure you're here coming up at 7.40. you got a packed house, Bernie and Sid, on a Thursday, and we're coming right back. morning, hour number two of the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. As we speak, they are lining up in Inwood at the funeral home, taking the casket of Jason Rivera to St. Patrick's Cathedral. They do expect the casket to arrive here at about 11.30. A seven-hour wake for Officer Rivera today between 1 and 8. And then, of course, tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., and I'm heading to it, will be the funeral for Rivera. Wednesday, Wilbert Mora will be buried, and uh, his funeral will also be in Inwood, where they are right now getting Rivera's body. That's coming up on Wednesday. So some depressing news, uh, not depressing news. Today we are celebrating the six-year anniversary of Bernie and Sid here on WABC. Now we're Bernie and Sid in the morning. We started Bernie and Sid Middays, just a two-hour show. 10 to noon after Imus back in 2016. Eventually, Imus decided, I'm not doing 9 o'clock anymore. So Bernie and I did 9 to 12. And then what was it, Burn? 2018, we took over mornings? 
I believe, yeah, that was the year, 2018 right? we did. That yeah. was the uh, momentous uh, year for us. Yes, April of 2018, we started on a Monday. Uh, Imus did his last show on a Thursday. He dropped the mic. Everybody took off on Friday. We started Monday. And that week, that first week, five days later, the Friday of that first week we did mornings, President Trump stopped by and uh, talked about everything from the White House Correspondents' Dinner to Mexico to Giancarlo Stanton with the New York Yankees. <laughs> to baseball, which yeah. you asked him about, and he he, he was kind of hemming and hawing. He didn't want to take sides. No. He didn't want to alienate people. Well, funny. he was smart. I asked him, I said, uh, baseball season underway now. If the Wilpons offer you box uh, seats for the Mets or the Steinbrenners offer you box seats for the Yankees, which one are you going to? And he gave us the old, I love them both. I've been friends with the Wolfons for 100 <laughs> years. I, Steinbrenner and me, we did, you know, we love the Yankees. And how about this kid Stanton? He's really terrific. He's not funny. This kid's really great. And it was yeah. great. It was great. It, it, it was on for about 12 minutes, and we loved it. Yes? It was terrific. And, uh, you know, it was very nice of him to do that as a uh, really a favor to me. That was his first uh, this Guinness Book of World Records. What was Donald Trump's first radio interview as president? That was the Bernie and Sid show yeah. on 77 WABC. And it was you. He did you that favor because I know that he actually called you. It's a great story. You're in the backyard with your beautiful son, and uh, he gave you a call, and he gave you the choice, right? You can come and uh, see me at the White House, blah, blah, blah. And you said, well, it would be great to get you on the show. And he said, fine. And he obliged and came on the show, and he was yeah. fantastic. He really was. That's the kind of guy he is, and he was emailing me back then, uh, th those days. But, yes, came on the show, did me a favor, and uh, kicked off our uh, tenure here at 77 WABC. I miss was so mad. Anyway, God rest his soul. That was <laughs> all the way back in 2018. So the two days before, I was told when, um, when I got the job here, which I got really about the third week of January, but I was told I couldn't say anything. Because down in Florida, they were making a big deal about it. I worked at three stations. I was on for 11 years. And everybody wanted to know, where was Sid going next? And Chad was like, you can't say anything right before you come to New York. Literally a day before, put it on Facebook. There was no Instagram. Put it on Facebook. Put it on Twitter. You know, like LeBron James, I'm taking my talents to South Beach. Chad was like, put your announcement on social media a day or two before you actually come to New York. So I obliged. So we started Monday, January 27th. I arrived on Tuesday, January 26th. But Monday night, January 25th, from my beautiful home office in Boca Raton, and you can see the video right now on the Facebook page, I made the announcement that I was coming to work with Bernie, my lifelong dream in New York. It's lame, but it sounded something like this. Hey, everybody, it's Sid. I know you guys have been waiting very patiently on Facebook and Twitter for weeks to find out. Where will I end up next since 640? Well, after weeks and weeks of teases and Facebook messages and all kinds of stuff, time is finally here. Where will I be next? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll be back on the air the day after tomorrow. That's right, Wednesday, live from 2 Penn Plaza, Madison Square Garden. Yes, the legendary 770 AM WABC in New York City. Been 11 years since I've worked in New York. I'm going home. It's a new midday show after the Army's on the Morning Show. It's Bernard McGurk. And me, Sid Rosenberg, it starts this Wednesday in just two days at the legendary WABC in New York. There it is, folks. That's where you're going to find us next back in New York City on legendary WABC on Wednesday. See yeah. you then. All right. There you have it, Fern. That was a Monday night in my home office in Boca. And two days later, you and I did our first show. And uh, here we are six years later in reaping the benefits. And not just us, but the radio station and the city 
because uh, we have we have really come on now, really come on ratings and revenue and all, all the things that we mean to this station. And it's become a very, very, very successful run. One, what I would tell you, without giving away any names, although Pete knows the name, I actually got a phone call yesterday from a major, is it fair to say major player in New York? Major? Put his mic on now, doofus. Is it fair to say major, Pete? Absolutely major. Got a phone call yesterday congratulating me and Newburn on the success. And this person said, okay, I didn't think it would happen, but you guys are legitimately... Killing it. I can't give away the name, but wow. it is major. Major. Hey, listen, major. what a triumphant return. Uh, really, uh, just on a human level, story of uh, redemption. I mean, your story is amazing, incredible. Oh, and, 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 and on your return, you didn't come to some fringe uh, station or whatever the hell. You came to the middle of the media capital of the world, the Tupen Plaza, one of the most iconic radio stations in the history of the country, 77 WABC. Uh, so your return was uh, all the more impressive because of all those things and because of what you went through and the struggles, everything, because it, w- it was one hell of an odyssey. And one of the reasons why I can't wait for your book to come out uh, next spring, Me which too. will chronicle a lot of that stuff. And the, your forward, which is, uh, uh, and I mean this sincerely, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass, clearly the highlight of the book is your forward. So folks will, will really enjoy that. And we've been together through it all, from uh, Donald Trump winning that historic election to COVID to you and I walking the streets of 7th Avenue. There wasn't one soul, not one soul on 7th Avenue for weeks and for months. No. And you and I were walking outside with masks and weapons and all kinds of crazy stuff. That's right. It, to, it was dangerous. dangerous. By the way, we were the only uh, broadcast team who actually – Went to the studio every single day. No yep. remote broadcasting, nope. none of that. Nope. We were there, and it was brutal. It was dangerous. It was scary. But but I think because we went there, we captured the feeling of it, and we were able to convey it to our, yeah. our listening audience. I think that's where it all started, this uh, this rise. And then, of course, thank God for John and Marco Katsimatidis. We thought we were dead in the water. They sold PLJ. They sold Nash. They sold the Urban Station. We're like, we're next. We're finished. And in comes John and Margot on their white horse, who knew, and saved the day. And not just saved the day, but at the risk of, again, sounding like I'm, I'm uh, patronizing him, and I don't care. He, uh, he has made this station uh, what it was years and years ago. So uh, we owe awful. We actually owe, of course, uh, an eternal uh, amount of gratitude to John and Margot Katsimatidis and Chad Lopez for the amazing yep. job that they've done. So it's not just us. It's mostly us. <laughs> no, but they've they worked a miracle. Uh, Mr. Katsimatidis yes. and uh, his staff, Chad Lopez, everybody. They really have – the station is now a back to its former glory. It really, really is. W, 77 WABC. It's just uh, – it's absolutely phenomenal what they've done. So all praise. Yes. And, yeah, you, uh, well, you're kissing Mr. Katsimatidis. Shut up. Yes, we are. We're, we're, but we're also stating facts as well. That's right. I don't care if they get mad at us. So – I'm laying in bed last night, and um, I'm thinking about you and I, and, uh, well, you know, the anniversary and what we're going to talk about today and all these wonderful guests. And I get a text from Christina, and um, I was, like, half asleep, and all I saw was a picture of, like, Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse. And then I read the caption, and it said, oh, my God, now you know our country is really turning to sh. I can't finish the rest of the word, but it's a, it's a, a synonym for duty. And... Uh, <laughs> Shizzle. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Shizzleburn. So, Christina, if you wouldn't mind sharing with the audience 
What uh, what did you see last night? Because you're a Fox News junkie. You're watching Tucker. You're watching Jesse uh, Jesse Waters. You'll watch anything on Fox News. <laughs> what did you see uh, with the mouse that made you crazy? That just made me sound like such a nerd, but that's all right. I am. It's fine. Oh, no, you're not. Uh, so so Jesse Waters is now You'll be at Gabriella's on... later on tonight doing the yeah, worm half naked. You know naked. what? Jack of all trades <laughs> right here, everyone. I... Uh, Jesse Waters is now on weeknights on on Fox News. He's not my favorite, but um, listen, I'm a nerd, so I was watching. And he had Candace Owens on, and they were talking about... We love Candace Owens. She is... I mean, come on. You've got to give her credit. She's so good. And they were were talking about... I I don't even like mentioning The View just because they're so vicious. Talking about how The View basically wants Joe Rogan crucified. But uh, they were also talking about it, and you actually saw the picture of Minnie Mouse... Uh, I believe Paris Disney World is the first to do it. Minnie Mouse has swapped out her red dress for a blue pantsuit. <laughs> so they're dressing Minnie Mouse now like oh, Hillary God. Clinton. Like Hillary, like <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Uh, and Stella McCartney has designed this blue pantsuit. And I'm sitting there shaking my head. I'm like, I got a Texas to Sid because I, I really want to know: do they do they actually think people are offended? Yes. By Minnie Mouse they in do. a red. I, I have a hard time believing anyone is offended by Minnie Mouse in a red dress. Yeah, I mean, no. I, I think they really do believe that because they've done some things along those lines, and Bernie could probably name them, that are equally as ridiculous as that. And I think they really, really believe that there's a percentage of people, and it may be small, that really are offended, or they're just completely nuts. What is the answer, Bernie? My my, uh, my answer is it's manufactured outrage is what it is. So going back to even just the, the Washington Redskins, right. there, were no, there were no Indians that were upset at that. No, it was uh, guilty only, white liberals. Only, looking only Phil Sims was upset about that. <laughs> well, and subsequent <laughs> to the uh, issue being brought up, but prior to it, nobody was upset about it. Uh, guilty white liberals trying to create, uh, you know, victims, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that and, uh, you know, all kinds of other, like the Aunt Jemima, uh, Uncle Ben. Nobody was offended by Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben. That's by right. the way, yep. they've, been, they've been taken off the uh, bottles and the boxes. And what? The world is a better place for it? The world sucks. I mean, it's so stupid. There was absolutely nobody offended by it. Same thing with uh, Minnie Mouse. Again, they're just you have a bunch of diversity, equity, and inclusion people sitting around saying, "Well, how can we justify our position? And what can we do to say we did?" And that's what they're coming up with. We'll we'll, we'll change Minnie Mouse's uh, dress from red to a blue pantsuit, and, and as you point out, like Hillary Clinton, yeah. uh, all, all you need is a fat ass to uh, yeah, that's it. accompanying it, and uh, yeah, we'll be uh, mini Hillary Mouse. By the way, it's just a matter of time, because you're friends with all the Will Housewives, of course, you have one friend in particular, which you will not name, but uh, it's just a matter of time before one of them is a man, just a matter of time, and, and, and I don't mean Frank and Tanya, I right. mean like a, like a man, but dressed like Teresa or Dolores or any one of them, and, just a matter of time. And I always say... I, I'm a huge supporter of the gay community, as are you, Sid. I mean, some of my dearest, dearest friends are gay. That's it's, true. It's Steve is your best we, friend. Right. I have a best friend who's gay. Not that we mind any, I don't mind, you know, any of that in transgender. But it's like, why are we trying to appease such a small, small portion of society that is actually offended by Minnie Mouse in a red dress? That's not the norm. No. Well, Bernie, what, what's the answer to that, too? Same thing? Uh, exact same thing. Hey, you know, speaking of uh, Real Housewives, that lady, uh, the Asian lady who was booted from yes. Real Housewives of uh, Salt, Lake Salt Lake City. Jen Wynn, I love her. 
This is what she wrote. Hundreds of blacks shot and many killed, including children, by other blacks every week. Over a thousand officers violently injured, some permanently by rioters. Anarchists rioting in major cities every night, which has caused billions of dollars of destruction to private and public property. And you still think police officers are the problem? Yep. That 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 is a typical uh, tweet that she wrote, which is why she got fired. Nothing offensive whatsoever. Everything factual. I mean, she's one. She she did tweet later that she pretty much hates BLM, but but that was it. You're right. That's all she did. I hate BLM. BLM is responsible for the deaths of uh, thousands of black kids. Right. But the problem is the star of that show, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, is a lady named Jen Shah, who you may remember was arrested last year for fraud and is in big trouble right now. She's facing years and years and years in prison, more than Craig Carton, to be honest. And she's married to a black guy. And she made a big deal about Jen ranking on BLM, talking about this type of stuff. And she was the driving force behind Asian Jen getting fired because she's married to a black guy, which shows that Bravo, Andy Cohen, all these folks, they got no balls. They got none. No balls. Just just one real quick, and it's short. I'm, this is what she wrote. I'm sick of people saying cops need more training. You had 18 years to teach your kids it's wrong to loot, steal, set buildings ablaze, block traffic, laser people's eyes, overturn cars, destroy buildings, and attack citizens. Who failed who? Wow. That's another typical uh, tweet that yep. she got fired for. All yeah. on the money. No, she's great, and she's also the prettiest lady on the show, so good luck there. Anyway, uh, talking about cops, our next guest is one of the most famous cops in the country. He really is. Uh, for nine years, he was homicide hunter detective Joe Kenda, played by my friend, the actor Carl Marino. Now, the last two years, he's been on a show called American Detective. From the ID channel to Discovery Plus, everybody knows who Joe Kenda is. And Joe Kenda is going to make his debut on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. Coming up next, big-time TV cop Joe Kenda with Bernie and Sid is next. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, there is no question that I am a relic, completely out of touch with millennials, Generation Z, whomever. Example, why are people wearing suits on television also wearing sneakers? Why? It looks bad. What about this rap hip-hop industry? Where are the four tops and the OJs? They actually had songs with melodies. That was music. Rap is not. It's rhyming often obscenely. Why do we need this? Tattoos. I know, I know, about a third of Americans have tattoos. When you watch a basketball game, some of those players have no visible skin. I don't get it. Not getting that at all. Now, I could go on, but I'll give you a break. Yes, individualism is good. But so is looking and acting in a classy manner. Your appearance sends a signal about yourself. As a person who hires employees, would I hire someone with a tattoo on his neck? No. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. 
All right, listen, every week I am hooked. I'm hooked. I've been telling you guys for years, I was big on ID Channel, Discovery Plus, and every Wednesday night, I do not miss, I do not miss American Detective on Discovery Plus. But I must tell you that before that, you guys know this, I was even hooked then on Joe Kenda and his show, Homicide Hunter. And now, this is unreal, on this Thursday morning in New York City, here he is, the pride of Colorado Springs, one of Colorado's finest, and a, a hero with that, the great Joe Kenda. Joe, welcome to Bernie and Sid here in New York City. How are you, pal? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. I got to tell you, I love your shows, both of them, the uh, the Homicide Hunter show. In fact, I tell you this, Joe, I've had Carl Marino on my show a couple of times, the guy who plays you on uh, the old show, the Homicide right. Hunter show, and he's a great guy. Uh-huh. He is. Yeah, he is. We we didn't film together. We filmed in separate locations, so I didn't see him often. I saw him once a year, sometimes once every two years. It's just the nature of the business. You wind up in two different places. I was in Colorado. He was in Tennessee and so on when we filmed. So it was uh, difficult to have a relationship when you don't see someone very often. Right. That's true. But he's well, a great guy. He is a great guy. And you, I got to tell you, Joe, your style, I mean, you don't take any garbage you are, you're right in the face of the viewer. You are, you know what it is about you? We're in New York City, and uh, we just suffered uh, the loss of two cops. Uh, tomorrow will be a funeral for one. You know the whole story, Joe. And me and my partner, Bernie, we're always complaining that the uh, politicians here, the locals, they don't get angry enough. And with you, I have to tell you, every time you covered a crime on either one of these two great shows, you really seem pissed. And I must tell you, that's refreshing. Yes. Absolutely. Don't kill one of my taxpayers. I take it personally. Right. Kill You kill one of my taxpayers and you took it personally. There's no question about that. And uh, that's what we've seen now with, with both of these shows. Although I will give you the one thing. I have a dear, dear friend who's a very famous detective, Joe, famous like you out of New York City. And here's what he said to me. He goes, I like that Joe Kenda guy. I watch that show, too. But there's no way they had that much crime in Colorado Springs. <laughs> well, that's actually they did. But it's a, it's an average murder rate over the years. We're talking decades. You know, we're not talking one week. We're talking decades. Right. So over it those years. About 30, right. It runs about 29 to 30 a year over a period of years. Right. So it's sometimes 19 years. It's sometimes 20 uh, the numbers go up and down, but you add them up, and they add up to 387. Right, of which you solved. Over 23 years. Right, of which you solved 92%, Joe Kendall, which is very, very impressive. Now, the new show, American Detective, which uh, season two started back in January. You were in California one episode. You were in Connecticut. Uh, this show does not center in Colorado Springs. This is all over the, no. the United States and has cases everywhere. Right. And this is a very, very exciting show. Well, I wanted to showcase the fact that there are other detectives, both men and women, by the thousands, who work just as hard as I did for little or no money, suffer the slings and arrows of the press and the public, to stand in the victim's shoes because the victim cannot, and to look out for the victim's interests because they cannot do that either. Wow. And that's I... important for the public to know. No, it is. I remember uh, one of the episodes, it may have been Homicide Hunter, not even American Detectives, when you were covering a crime and there was a, a little kid that was killed. And I, I think, if I remember correctly, Joe, that was the one where you decided afterwards, I'm not doing this anymore. I can't do it. You were still yeah. young. You were a great detective. 
but you just it, it turned you off so much seeing the little kid die that you you stepped away from the from the profession. That that's the way it went for you. Yes. Well, you become at some point you become emotionally overwhelmed, and I became emotionally overwhelmed. Uh, I would could no longer do it. I just couldn't. That child was wearing a pair of pajamas that my son had when he was that age, and it was awful. Uh, no, I know. The episode, you really called it a really good job of expressing you, and then you came on afterwards, and you were in tears, and you're a very tough guy. I don't, I don't, I don't see Joe Kenda crying a lot, but you, uh, that emotion was raw to the uh, viewing audience, though I will tell you that much. So let me ask you, you know, you look around the country. I don't want to get political and turn this into that. I want to get back to your, your show, American Detective, but we know where this country is. Like, half the country seems to really appreciate what you did for your career and cops do every single day. And the other half of the country has decided, you know what? Nah, screw them. They're out there. They, you know, they're stereotyped. They don't take care of everybody. They're, they're hateful. How do you feel about the, the way the, the American people are treating police, detectives, your folks the last couple of years specifically? Well, I don't, I don't know that the American people are. I think the American press might be doing some of that, if not all of it. We have faced ourselves with it. Walter Cronkite's dead. So is Edward R. Murrow. You have people today, there's a new news outlet about every 10 minutes. Mm. They have to have something to say, and it has to be different than what anyone else has said. So they beat this bass drum 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And after a while, it becomes poisonous. Mm. It's like living next to the train tracks. Eventually, you don't hear the train anymore. And when you hear somebody barking, it's a very annoying barking dog for a little while. And then pretty soon you don't hear the dog barking anymore. And you have this constant drumbeat of noise from the media that says this and claims that and has one percentage of things after another, numbers, statistics. The foreign minister of England, Disraeli, once said, there are lies, there are damned lies, and then there are statistics. He was right. Wow. Well said. Joe Kenda. Yeah, that is well said. Homicide Detective, again, 92% solve rate. Season two now of American Detective on Discovery Plus after almost a decade of a great run. Homicide Hunter, Joe Kend out in uh, Colorado Springs. So quickly back to this show, then we'll let you run. The American Detective show, you actually uh, uh, follow the lives of detectives, as you mentioned earlier, in, in a bunch of cities across America. Now, you said you barely spent time with Carl Marino because you're in two different states. But when it comes to these detectives who you cover on these different cases, do you, did you spend time with these guys? How did you go about coming up with these stories and then uh, getting all the details? Well, we uh, initially selected a case based on the contents of the file that I would call the detective in charge. And we would discuss it. And they all know who I am because of Homicide Hunter. And they're all fans of that show, which to me is the greatest compliment that, uh, that they enjoy that program. So we were immediately friends over the phone, and then we would discuss in detail how the case was resolved. Then you still have to select because you've got an hour to tell the story, less than an hour with commercials. So the result is you can't cover everything or say everything about the investigation. You have to pick the highlights that can lead a person who has no experience or no understanding of this case from the beginning to the end and understand how it went. And that's what I would do with the detectives, discuss what I thought were the highlights, and they would say yes or no, and they would proceed with that. So 
So far, every detective I spoke with who has watched their show, because now this is season two, we've already had season one, they were very happy with how it was presented, that it was accurate and on point. They just didn't cover all of it because you can't in an hour. Sure. Season two of American Detective, Wednesday night, Discovery Plus. Joe, I'm a huge fan. I've been talking about your show here in New York for years. I love your style, and me and Bernie both want to thank you for dedicating your life to uh, protecting people in Colorado and across this country. You're truly a hero. Continued success on television, and we'll talk to you soon, pal. Thank you. Thanks very much. Goodbye, Sid. Take care, Joe. Joe Kenda, American Detective, Season 2, Wednesday nights on Discovery+. Plus. More of Bernie and Sid right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC right after this. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. All right, as promised, major announcement coming your way. If you haven't figured it out, it's John Fogarty, the lead singer of CCR with this great song, Center Field. And usually when radio shows or TV shows play this song, it's lame, but it's going to be a baseball guest. <laughs> so with that said, we promised you this announcement. It really is a great, great deal. Me personally, I'm really excited about it. But the man to tell you about it is the man, of course, who got involved with the Staten Island team, the stadium, and the ballpark, and the team in the first place, and, of course, owns our radio station as well, the host of Cats at Night, 5 o'clock weekdays and Sunday mornings as well, the Cats Roundtable, our beloved boss and dear leader, John Katsimatidis. He'll actually give you the news. John, good morning. Welcome back to the morning show. We're all excited to hear what you're about to tell us. Mr. Katz. Well, you know, baseball is my my favorite sport, uh, and I grew up with the uh, New York Yankees, and my grandfather used to take me to the Yankee games when I was uh, six years old, and, and, and I love baseball. And Staten Island is a baseball town. They love baseball, and I love the people of Staten Island. Uh, I, I'll be spending more and more time in Staten Island, but I want to announce that we have a a new, we have a manager for our baseball team in uh, Staten Island, and uh, uh, Eduardo Alfonso uh, from the New York Mets. He was a uh, Hall of Famer. Yeah! And and one of the most famous Mets, and and I look forward to working with him. I think everybody is looking forward to working with him. And the Ferry Hawks and the, and uh, the team that's going to be number one in the uh, Atlantic League, which is all over the East Coast. And uh, it's going to be one great baseball uh, uh, team in the Staten Island. And the people in Staten Island deserve, they deserve a, a great a uh, baseball team. I, I love Staten Island. Like I said, I love the Italian food on Staten Island. I love the pizza on <laughs> yeah. Staten Island. Yep, yep. It, it's great yep. Italian food, great pizza. 
And uh, I understand who else we have in the studio. Well, we've also got Gary Perone, but just getting back to Edgardo for a second, because Gary plays a major role. He basically runs a team, and he's been a friend for a long time. Uh, just to uh, move on what you said, John, between 95 and 2002, Edgardo Alfonso did distinguish himself as one of the greatest New York Mets of all time, him and Mike Piazza leading the Mets to the 99 NFL, uh, NFL uh, <laughs> NL uh, uh, Championship Series against the Atlanta Braves, that remarkable 2000 Subway Series against the New York Yankees. Now, he went out to play for the Giants and the Angels. We don't care about that. But he was a great <laughs> Met for eight years and then and then went on to manage the Brooklyn Cyclones to a world championship. So he's got a championship as a manager, a World Series against the Yankees as a player, and now he's the new manager of the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. And I've been a big fan of yours, as you know, Edgardo, personally and professionally for many years. So I'm very excited. Bernie's a diehard fan. He's very excited. Congratulations to you. Wow. Thank you, guys. Thank you. It's a great honor to be uh, to be back to New York. Uh, thank you guys for having, having me uh, today. Uh, thanks, Gary Perron, for uh, making this possible. And uh, really exciting. I'm looking forward to um, to uh, to new season, like Mr. Jen says. Uh, baseball is back to uh, Staten Island, so I think it's uh, it's going to be great setup. It's going to be great for the community. And uh, I hope we can enjoy much of what we can. So. Well, Gary, you've been uh, working in minor league baseball for many, many, many years. This was the first great hire by John and Eric and the Staten Island baseball crew hiring you. You're the guy that uh, put this thing together, and they don't come any better. Thank I'm you. not exactly sure what your title is. You're the GM, the president, the executive officer, the uh, the vice president, the secretary. You're bad, boy, bad boy, <laughs> bad boy. <laughs> bad boy. Bad boy. Yeah. But, but you know what, Gordo, from your days in Brooklyn, what yeah. a great player he was with the Mets, but a great manager, too. Mm-hmm. So this was a pretty easy decision, right? No, it's a very easy decision for us because, you know, knowing the Alfonso family goes back to 2001 when Edgar introduced me to Edgardo, and then over the years we had a chance to work together. Um, I know Edgardo is great in what he does with the players. He gets the most out of everybody, and it was proven in 2019. And But off the field, too, even better man and better family man. And I think Staten Island's going to enjoy that because we, we call it the Ferry Hawk family, and Having uh, Fonzie at the helm of the Ferry Hawk family is very important for us. Yeah, exactly. Bernard McGurk here. Edgar Alfonso, I, I'm honored to say I was. I actually attended three of the uh, Subway Series games back in 2000 uh, in which you participated. So it's an honor, actually, a, a huge honor to speak with you right now. And managing the Staten Island uh, Ferry Hawks, I, I would imagine we're going to go all the way with a guy like you at the top. Um, well, I, I wish, yeah, that's, that's the whole idea. Um, it's too bad I'm going to play, but I'm going to depend on all the 25 guys that I put in there in the, in the, in the, in the field. But definitely, that's, that's the mentality. You have to have the winning mentality. You have to um, go to the competing mentality because uh, if you don't think that way, I think you're, you're going to have a hard time. Mm-hmm. But, um, but my mentality is to, um, you know, try to, like Gary said, try to take every, uh, everything out of players, um, you know, uh, they're going to be guys who have experience in a big league, so playing triple A, double A guys, and able guys. So you know, we try we try to create uh, like like a family, a family first, and and then and then a winning winning uh, winning team. So this is my whole my my whole philosophy. You know, John, you get back to the baseball team, and again, if you're just tuning in, major announcement: former New York Met All Star hero, really, and a champion at the managerial level, Edgardo Alfonso is now the new manager of our Staten Island Ferry Hawks, and Gary Perone is here too, who's done an amazing job. 
help putting this baseball team together. But John, above and beyond baseball, you know, you know, you say you love Staten Island. I know you do. You love the food. You love the people, and the folks there are in for a real treat because it's not going to be just baseball. There's going to be concerts and food and shows and all kinds of cool stuff, John. Right? That's going to really make this experience huge for the folks on Staten Island. It's going to be an entire entertainment network, and and WABC is. Uh, right behind it, and uh, and we will do whatever we have to do to make uh, make it the most successful uh, entertainment network in Staten Island, and uh, the, the and we're gonna win we're gonna win the World Series of the Atlantic. <laughs> That's what we want to do. That's, well, listen, uh, one of the most one of the most famous media fights in New York over the last twenty years involved me at the old job. With your skipper, which you found out about this morning, Bobby Valentine, <laughs> who's a friend of me and I like Bernie. That one. <laughs> yeah, you heard about that. Me and Bernie are actually friends with Bobby. He was on the show promoting his book a couple of weeks ago, and he's done a great job at Sacred Heart up in Connecticut. Uh, do you, did you take a lot of your managing experiences from Bobby? Because when he was there, specifically night down in 2000, you guys had a great two-year run. Definitely, I think Bobby is one of the great, uh, great managers that I ever played for. They ever played for, and, and he's a guy who who knows a lot about baseball. Um, great teacher, you know. He's um, a great inspiration for me. Uh, he 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 told me how to play the game. So mm-hmm. he he told me how to play the game. Um, he always pushed me to uh, to be better, and and this is something that I always uh, I always appreciate. I always gonna thank uh, Bobby for that. He always he always come to me and and talk to me and and tell me about how important. Uh, I can be for this team and how the team's going around me, you know, and, and it teaches me a lot. It teaches me a lot, and I, I just, like I say, so happy, and and, 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 and thanks for uh, for uh, Bobby for all the gifts and all the, you know, thinking about me. Yeah. Uh, well, he pushed you guys. He pushed me, He yeah. definitely pushed you guys. So, Gary, you come from Brooklyn to Staten Island. Yep. John keeps talking about winning a championship. He's serious. John wants to win. We all want to win. John came to this radio station. We were dead. We were dead, trust me. We mm-hmm. would. We were a caucus. Rigor mortis was about to set in, and now we're winning everywhere. We're winning everywhere. We were decomposing. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. So, so he wants to win at everything, and he right. wins at everything. So give me the difference between Brooklyn and Staten Island and why you think this team you're assembling now mm-hmm. will will meet John Katsimatidi's standards of, I always win. Well, I think, number one, Staten Island community is – you know, they're striving for baseball right now, and we need to bring baseball back to that venue. It's been gone for two years. So having that mindset of rebuilding the venue, number one, and like I always tell people, it's about the venue first. You need a community venue. It's the People's Park in Staten Island, so it's great. But having the right pieces to build an organization and a team, it's all coming together. And I agree with John and Eric and the philosophy that we have going into this. You know, we're going to build a championship culture, number one. And it starts with the front office. It starts with the manager in the dugout. It starts with our director of baseball operations, our team behind us. You know, I like to, Elisa and Chelsea and King, everybody that's with us now. Those are the people who are going to help us really create that community feel for the team. And it's going to resonate from the outside in. And that's the key thing. We have to go from the outside of the ballpark back to us. So and, you're, and you're a resident of Staten Island, so yeah. you, you actually do live there. This is your team. Yes. That's I, pretty cool. It is it's pretty cool. You know, yeah. I, I call myself a, I'm a Brooklander. I grew up in Brooklyn. I landed on Staten Island, so I'm a Brooklander. <laughs> and being a Brooklander, there's, there's a lot of us in Staten Island, too, who are going to buy buy into this because yeah. they know Fonzie. They know what Fonzie has done. And the minor league baseball brand and the, and the Atlantic League brand right now yeah. is very popular and growing. So yes, it is. So have this opportunity to build a venue with Fonzie. 
is awesome. Uh, this one uh, other note here. Again, that's the voice of Gary Perrone. He's the GM of the Ferry Hawks, uh, former New York Met All-Star, champion at every level, tremendous guy, great player, Edgardo Alfonso. He's the new manager of the Ferry Hawks. And uh, me and Bernie celebrating our six-year anniversary here in studio. Uh, one, one note, though, uh, let's not lose sight of the fact we're talking baseball, we're having fun. This is all great stuff. But we are about to bury two cops this week. Jason Rivera, he's gonna, his funeral, I'm going to it, is tomorrow here at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Wilbert Moya, or Moore, I should say, he's coming up on Wednesday. And uh, I was told a story this morning that uh, right now, of course, they're, they're transporting the casket from the funeral home at Inwood to New York City for Jason Rivera. And there was some slashed tires. John Katsimatidis, tell me more about that. Well, I understand. I got a report uh, from uh, the Bronx, and uh, I'm, it's confirmed by the police department that while the vigil was going on, they slashed all the tires of the police. Uh, so this is last night car. in Harlem? Was it, This was last night in Harlem, John? I, I'm trying to get the exact location, but yeah. that's, it's a confirmed report. And uh, we'll have somebody from the NYPD on to tell us more about it later on. My but, God, uh, my God. That's, it, it, it is horrible. You know, it's a, it, everybody has to keep their eyes open. <laughs> but Staten Island is the safest borough. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> he no. was right about that. That is true. It is, this, And that's a horrible story, John. You know, we, we keep hoping that these, these murders of these cops will, at the very least, unite the city and bring people together. And when you hear a story like that, that says to us mm-hmm. that's still not going to be the case. People slashing tires during a vigil. So that's a terrible story. But, but again, to bring it back full circle and wrap this thing up, John is right. Staten Island is the safest borough. Mm-hmm. It's a great family borough and a great place for baseball. Mm-hmm. So on the way out, a couple of words, Gary Perrone. I can't thank John, Eric, and the rest, Randy Levine, and everyone else who's involved in Sid. Thank you guys, Chad and Emily. For helping out, you know, this is going to be an exciting time for all of us. And to go back on the NYPD, you know, we have a lot of civil service on Staten Island. Yeah. And they make up a, a great part of our And, you're, and you're, you're, you're dear friends with John Franco, who knows every yeah. cop in the city. That's true. Right? I mean, he really does and did back then on 9-11. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the breaking news, of course, the slashing tires at the vigil last night. We'll have more on that today. And John will bring on somebody from the NYPD on his great show, Cats at Night, to give us the details. Edgardo Alfonso, you're a champ. We love you. Met fans love you. Now Yankee fans are going to love you. What's your uh, 30-second message on the way out for baseball fans, not just in Staten Island, but all over New York, guys like me that love Edgardo Alfonso? Well, um, I'm so happy to be back to New York. So um, I just uh, I just moved to Florida. And, uh, you know, oh, where? Get, what part? And, and, and Palm Beach and um, Pembroke Pine. Oh, Pembroke Pine. Yeah, sure. Pembroke Pine. Sure. So, sure. you know, I, 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 after 27 years and living in the city, I mean, living in uh, Queens, um, uh, we decided to go back to um, Florida and, uh, you know, have a good time. But um, this guy bring me back to New York. So Gary bring me back to New York. So I'm so happy. And, uh, you know, it's going to be great. I mean, I think it's going to be a great experience uh, for everybody, everybody here in New York. Uh, New York is a baseball, baseball uh, uh, town. And uh, I really have a great time. I mean, people treat me nice. And uh, I, I like to get, get back to the, to the community, you know, and coming back to, to Staten Island. Bring baseball back to that community. I think it's going to be great. So I'm so excited. I'm really happy for and, uh, you know, looking forward to see uh, fans and people who can come and, and enjoy that time with us. Excellent message. On the way out, you can see some of the hats, some of the merchandise. Really cool-looking stuff. Gabby Lopez here on the live stream at WABCRadio.tv. You can watch me and Bernard every morning. And, folks, you can get these cool hats and jerseys, all kinds of merchandise, and most importantly, 
your baseball tickets. Just go to FerryHawks.com. That's FerryHawks.com and get ready for a championship season of baseball on Staten Island. Special thanks to John Katsimatidis, Gary Perone, Eduardo Alfonso. We will come back with a very exciting 8 o'clock hour that includes Bill O'Reilly on the Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid. Can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky like shooting stars? I can really use a wish right now. Special thanks again, that major announcement. John Katsimatidis, former New York Met All-Star and a guy that won a championship in Brooklyn at Gordo Alfonso, the new manager of the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. That's really, really exciting news. Folks, head to WABCRadio.com to enter for your chance to win a signed hat or baseball signed by the All-Star himself, Edgardo Alfonso. Do it this morning at WABCRadio.com. Bernard? You know, Sydney, uh, just a personal thing. I, I, I'm entertained by it. I like Jeopardy. And last night, well, the uh, victorious reign came to an end. That lady, the transgender, back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, by the way, heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app. The transgender lady, Amy Schneider, she lost. She lost. She after, lost. She's out after 40 games. I couldn't believe it. I just watched it, uh, you know, for fun. And she ended up losing. I'm calling her a she. Because I actually liked the person, I got to I got to know and like the person before I found out she was a transgender. Not that it would have influenced me in any way, shape, or form. I'm just against uh, you know uh, biological males competing with biological girls and you know swinging their thing in a girls' locker room, et cetera, what? et cetera. Hello, but uh, you know what I'm saying. So anyway, uh, the reign is over. Just wanted to acknowledge that because I've been covering it for a long time, watching it actually. Was very very entertaining, and uh, it's over. Some geek beat her last night, who's no doubt going to lose tonight. But uh, yeah, forty games, and she's out. It's the second longest streak in uh, Jeopardy history. The first one belonging to Ken Jennings, and this lady has the second longest, and uh, it's quite the record. Quite, now, one, but in one, the money though, in terms of money, did because I know that um, uh, the Vegas guy James. He didn't win the most games, but I thought he won the most money. Is that still the case? You're absolutely right. Uh, I don't know what his figure was. I can't recall, but I know hers turned out to be in the area of $1.4 million. But he won more money in less games. What was his his nickname again? Something James? uh... Uh, Jeopardy James. Jeopardy James, yeah. Yeah. Jeopardy James. (laughs) He had a weird smile, but that mother reprimand, he wasn't afraid to bet it all. Every every daily double, he's like, I'll bet it all. And he would get it right every time. uh, That that, uh, formula, that's what everybody appropriated. That's what this lady Schneider approached. They all searched for the daily double and then bet as much as you can on it early on. Then you can't catch them. And you can't catch them, but yeah. you have to obviously you have to get the questions right. You have to be a really good, knowledgeable player in the beginning and, and to start with. And uh, uh, she was, he was, and uh, anyway, it's over. It was enjoyable while it lasted, but that that is that. Now, just quickly, uh, Sydney, uh, we're going to speak to Bill O'Reilly at eight forty, no doubt, on some of these topics. Uh, there's two things really. One of them is uh, the big deal is the uh, Supreme Court Justice Breyer. Completely humiliated, uh, disrespected, uh, the, one of the snotty uh, woke tards in the Biden administration. They saw fit to release the information that this guy is going to retire. He didn't want to retire, by the way. In every interview he did, he says, no, I like what I'm doing. I, I want to stay. But they pushed him out because they know they're going to lose the Senate in November. And they will not have the votes to push through whoever whatever crazy radical uh, justice they want to push through. 
So they had to get it done now, sort of like RBG, who, by the way, before 2016, they were, they were rooting for her to die. I don't care what kind of respect that she gets today uh, and all the love and the Netflix shows and all. They wanted her to either retire or die. And to this day, they're still pissed off she didn't because Donald Trump got to pick her successor. So they didn't want to make the same mistake with uh, this guy, Breyer. For some reason, they, they put out that announcement yesterday. Joe Biden feigned uh, ignorance. Well, I didn't know. I don't know. We're going to wait until we'll, we'll see what he says. But uh, what makes it um, a fairly boring story, because it's a liberal justice going to be replaced by another liberal justice, I would posit in this case probably a woke justice, somebody, uh, you know, a crazy, a radical, a pro-criminal woke justice. But in either case, that's what you're going to have. But uh, Joe Biden, on the eve of the South Carolina primary, when he was when he was pandering left and right, and of course the black vote meant everything in South Carolina, and James Clyburn's uh, endorsement, uh, Congressman James Clyburn, meant everything. And Biden was, like I said, he was sucking up and he was kissing ass and pandering. He said this on the eve of the primary: "I committed that if I'm elected president, have an opportunity to appoint someone to the courts." Will be. A, I'll appoint the first black woman to the courts. It's required that they have representation now. It's long overdue. So just think of it. I mean, how insulting is that? That that this person will get the job uh, with the well, the the background knowledge that they got the job based on the way they look, based right. on the way, uh, based on their body parts. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Although they're probably going to be a smart, you know, individual but not because of their uh, abilities, their merit. I mean, that, that is a ridiculous, stupid thing to, to do and say. Just if you're going to appoint a, a black person, just do it. Don't n- announce it in advance because it only it puts an asterisk. It only seems like it's affirmative action in retrospect is, is what it does. It's an insulting whole thing. And by the way, Stephen Breyer, he would not be – he even wouldn't be eligible to, re, to, to take the seat – that he's resigning from right now based on Joe Biden's uh, criteria right there. I think the whole thing is insulting. It's disgusting. and uh, But that's where we are. And they're going to get somebody. They're going to shove it through. But the, the, the silver lining, I guess, is this, knowing that the Democrats even know that there's going to be a, a real red wave, a bloodbath coming in November of 2020. And on the other, uh, the other big issue to me, is uh, this Kathy Hochul versus uh, Eric Adams on reforming the no-cash bail law, on changing it, tweaking it. I mean, allowing judges to have discretion. Uh, as, as you and I have been talking about all week long, Michael Goodwin picked up on it yesterday, you got to name and shame the people who are standing in the way of fixing this law that's getting thousands of people killed, the majority of them black, by the way, black and Latino, but all kinds of it doesn't even matter. We shouldn't even identity politics doesn't matter. We're all Americans. People are dying because of this law, and everybody knows it. But now Kathy Hochul again uh, to pander, she's going to go through a primary. She's going to face a bunch of radicals, and she's looking forward to that. She's looking ahead to that because uh, Eric Adams wants this law changed. Although he's not been strong enough, vociferous enough. Again, naming and shaming as I am calling him for him to do. Uh, but uh, Kathy Hochul, she doesn't want to change the law. She's down with the cousins. She's down with Carl Heasty. Listen to what she said yesterday. Will you 
address the level of dangerousness and give judges more discretion. Even Eric Adams has called on lawmakers to do this. He has asked for us to have this conversation, and he's a former senator, and he certainly knows the process that's involved in making changes. Changes were made, and I will absolutely stand behind the fundamental promise on why we needed bail reform in the first place. Others who are trying to politicize this and the other party don't seem to acknowledge why there was a need for change. How insulting. Politicize it. We're trying yeah. to save lives, you moron. Right. There's and a, a t- reason why Todd Kaminsky got his ass whooped in Nassau County. That's right. And then to show what a double-talking phony she is, she says that on one hand. The other hand, as I pointed out earlier, if you buy today's New York Post, big picture of Kathy Hochul, smaller caption of the Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg, and it reads, Hochul, I know full well the powers the governor has, dot, 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 I have options. And in big letters it reads, Gov puts Bragg on notice. So she's telling everybody that, hey, Alvin Bragg better shape up. I'm getting rid of him. Yet, yet, just yesterday she said, I'm all in for bail reform, which is exactly what Alvin Bragg is all about. So the question is, Kathy Hochul, which one is it? Yeah, exactly. Which one is it? Whose side are you on? The people's side? Even Eric Adams' side? Or are you on the side of the pro-criminals, the uh, Heasties and the, uh, uh, the Stewart Cousins? up there in Albany. And, and it seems like, again, it's it's all about political expedience and uh, getting this nomination uh, coming up here. And I, I believe the primary is in June. But it really is a gross, disgusting uh, a position for her to take, uh, unless I'm mistaken. I mean, you just heard what she said there. And everybody's down with the premise of the, 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 the no-cash bail reform, uh, you know, the, the, the whole concept behind the sentiment, which is, you don't want some 18-year-old, 19-year-old black kid sitting in Rikers Island for two years for stealing a pair of $80 sneakers because he can't afford $1,000 bail or something like that. Everybody agrees with that. Of course. That's not the point. The point is here we got to give judges discretion to when, when these people show up in front of them, even though they're eligible for no-cash bail, the judge can see, hey, this person is crazy. I know what this person just did seven times. Seven times I know what this person did. I'm not granting this person no bail. I'm going to I'm going to actually, you know, invoke bail and, and a lot of bail to keep this person off the streets to save lives. I mean, you look that, at the last right. You look at the crimes that we've seen over the last couple of weeks that are the most uh, public, right? From the lady that was shoved on the subway, that maniac had priors. To this animal that killed those two cops, he had a ton of priors. To this young girl who was murdered in a nice furniture store uh, by UCLA, that guy had priors. Every one of these cases that is getting national attention, every one of them, these horrible cases, all these folks had priors. That's the bottom line. What else do you need to know? Exactly right. I mean, it's just it's such such common sense. It it defies logic that uh, she said what she said yesterday. Hopefully she misspoke or something like that. I'm not sure. One final thing here is that uh, my guy, Rob Astorino, he actually filed a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information request with the government to get some videotape of uh, these illegals coming up from the border, these these young males, and I mean males, men in the teens, 20s, and 30s, landing at the Westchester County Airport, being dispersed throughout New York State. Rob Astorino actually did it on his own, and the, the videotape is all over the place. These people are sneaking. Instead of doing implementing the remain in Mexico policy, which the judge said they must go back to, they're defying the law. Yep. They're sending these people into the interior, and 
into our neighborhoods right here in New York. And good on Rob Astorino, who's running for governor, uh, for getting this FOIA request uh, enacted and getting this videotape out there and showing the uh, the nefarious, uh, you know, under the table uh, activities of the Biden administration, bringing in people we don't know. Speaking of priors, we don't know how many priors these people have from wherever the hell they came from. Yep, we have no idea. Nope. So it's it's a real dangerous situation. And I just wanted to do that uh, little shout-out to my guy, Rob Astorino. Talking about videotapes, I'm sure uh, Corey Zondek reminded me this morning, your good friend, hanging out with my good friend. You know who that is? Uh, Well, you have a lot of good friends. That's Uh, true. Your unvaccinated good friend, who at one point was, um, no, she could have been Kamala Harris. She could have been. Could have been. That's right. Kamala, unvaccinated. I'm sorry, Sid, it's escaping me. Sarah Palin at an Upper East Side eatery having dinner with my guy and your guy, Ron Duguay, last night, unvaccinated, eating inside. Wow. How do you like that? How about Uh, that? Sarah Palin and Ron Duguay. Yeah. That's uh, that's quite the item. That's quite the page six uh, gossip piece right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's in town to sue the New York Times for that slander. (laughs) And and hopefully she'll uh, end up like that Covington kid owning half the New York Times because she deserves to. There you go, Duguay. Put that puck in the net. Anyway, we'll take a short break. We'll (laughs) we'll talk to Linda Sarani and Bill O'Reilly. 8 o'clock hour, Bernie and Sid. We'll be right back. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Sarani. Oh, my God. Have you guys been outside recently? It is so freezing cold. Oh, it's terrible. And wait till the snow comes this weekend. Terrible. Go to the breakers. Go to the breakers today. Yeah. In fact, do I get uh, a discount? Yes. Turn the microphone off and go right now. Right. Just go right now. And uh, Luke, what what happens when you go to the breakers? Well, listen, Sid. Once you stay, you'll understand. There you go. So there's your answer, Lydia. Just go to the break. I'm so proud of Luke. He just started doing traffic recently, and he's just so good. I'm so proud of him. He is great. We're d- yep. he's, a, he's a good kid. They're all they're all good kids. We're very lucky here at WABC Radio. They're very lucky they don't work for The View. When I was uh, their age, I was probably – well, I probably was a little younger. I was an intern at The View, and Joy Behar was a B to me back then, and she's still a B to this day. She was very, like, snooty, snotty. This is back in the day when, like, Lisa Ling was there, Barbara Walters. Yeah, I'm, I'm dating myself. So this whole controversy about Joe Rogan, you, you know, Neil Young said, it's either me or Joe Rogan, and Spotify was like, okay, peace out, Neil Young. You know, we're going to keep Joe Rogan. He's got 11 million subscribers, okay, mm-hmm. and – who the hell are you? You've got like you know. One calm, foot in the calm, calm down. He's one of the old time classic rock and roll. Oh greats. please, he's calm a down. He's a loser. Get a life. He's oh, such a loser. God. Meanwhile, he's probably like, come on, stop, stop. Oh, I'm, I'm going to take off my. I don't want my my music on the same platform as Joe Rogan. It's like shut up. It's it. You know what? Why do we have to all? Can we just agree to disagree? Free like, speech. why does it have to be misinformation because you don't happen to agree agree with it? Can't we have differing viewpoints and just kind of learn from one another? So anyway, Joy Behar was on The View spouting her nonsense. And she said, you know what? I believe Joe Rogan can say whatever he wants. I believe in free speech. But then she goes on to say this. I agree that Joe Rogan is a horror. A horror. Mm-hmm. Um, horror. But the way to horror. counter that 
bad speech is with more speech. The way to counter it is with boycott, uh, boycotts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I admire Neil, uh, Neil for doing this, Neil mm-hmm. Young. He's from the 60s, you know, where musicians took political stands in those days. Mm-hmm. They didn't just let everything go the way they're doing now. I mean, I don't see too many people taking a stand right now. So maybe other musicians will follow suit, and that would be legitimate. Mm-hmm. But it's not a cancel culture. It's a consequence culture. Well, you know, the problem with uh, uh, boycotts, et cetera, is Joe Rogan doesn't depend on advertisers. He depends on subscriptions. And the people who don't want to listen to Joe Rogan in the first place, they're not going to listen to him. The people who want to hear Joe Rogan, they're going to listen. And they are listening in droves. He's got he's record numbers. I mean, huge numbers. And he is out there just free speech. Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. McCullough. He had uh, he interviewed uh, Dr. Uh, Professor Jordan Peterson yesterday. It is just an interesting, a uh, couple of hours long conversation. He's no rocket scientist, as he'll be the first to admit. But it is free speech, and it's people giving their opinion that you won't hear on the mainstream media. And but by the way, if you're on social media, you realize Joe Rogan is has actually become a folk hero of yeah, sorts. He has. He has. No, he really doubt. has. People yeah. love yeah. Joe that, Rogan for what he does. I mean, I mean, that, doc, yeah, that Dr. Malone, that Dr. Yes. Malone, that's yeah. where this kind of all started. He was the co-inventor of the mRNA vaccine for the COVID vaccine. I'll play for you a little a snippet. This is where all the hatred from the ultra left began against Joe Rogan. And I find really nothing wrong with what Joe Rogan said right here. Take a listen. The government has literally stopped the distribution of medicine, True. effective medicine Thank for you. a disease that exists currently. When has that ever happened before? Ooh, uh, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin? Yeah, but in this <laughs> level where like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were off-label uses. This is something that has emergency use authorization. Unlabel, yeah. This is wild. So he's talking about the monoclonal antibodies that now Florida can't even get anymore because they say they're not effective against Omicron. But he's just bringing up good subject matter, and we just want to boycott him, shut him down. It's just so ridiculous. And then, and then I, I, it's too many to play. I don't have enough time. But Joy Behar was also talking about that Fox News should be censored for misinformation. She should be censored for misinformation. Uh, 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 she uh, was the uh, one wait, that wait, was. Wait. You're doing it, you're she, doing exactly what what you don't no, want to do. No, but I'm saying do. if we're gonna no 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 I'm saying because I've never called for her censorship. But if anybody should be censored for misinformation, it should be her. Remember what they did with Trump? They kept going on and on about the Russia collusion and all the lies. He should have turned around and sued them because it all turned out to be a hoax. So I'm saying I don't advocate for any type of censorship. It's free speech. People have brains. They should just listen to other platforms. But if she wants to go down that route, then she is guilty party number one. No, she and, is. Her, Whoopi Goldberg, they're, the, they're just the worst human beings that God ever created. I mean, that's the bottom line, the worst. But, but, but Bernie, <laughs> i got to tell you, I yeah. saw this story last night, and uh, it is in spirit what Lydia's talking about now, and I thought about you. You know, uh, I, I listened to Stern a little bit yesterday, and he was he was all over Meatloaf. You know, Meatloaf refused to get the vaccine. I don't want to get the vaccine. I'm, I'm unvaxxed, blah, blah, blah. And then he died. And Howard Stern was like, okay, he didn't want to get the vaccine. Now he's dead. He didn't He didn't say, I'm glad he died. You know, screw him. They should all die. He didn't say that. No, no, yeah, no you're right about that. And I saw the same thing. In fact, we have a clip, but... but, but uh, Stern is noticing the blowback. He got really terrible blowback for wishing people dead. 
and saying that the unvaccinated should not be allowed to enter hospitals. He, he did. He said that, and, he, and he, he specifically talked about Joe Rogan. He also wished folks like you and me, to a certain extent, Trump supporters, they should die too. And that's why I say when Howard Stern starts to talk about politics and COVID, don't listen because he's a moron. He's a hateful moron. But but I still think he's the best video host in the world today, and I still listen. And that goes back to the what we're talking about right now, which is let people say what they want. Listen, don't listen. Take what you want. Don't take what you want, but don't tell people to stop doing what they do because you disagree. No, if you're you, taking you, medical advice from Howard Stern or Joe Rogan, <laughs> then you've got bigger problems. No, but uh, uh, but Joe Rogan, he's not he's not espousing medical advice necessarily. He's having no, on the doctors yeah. that the, the mainstream yeah. media will not allow on and give their opinion to, and, and who big tech is censoring. Play that clip. Go ahead. Uh, I know Bernie got this for yeah, you this, this morning. This, this is about uh, uh, meatloaf. Yeah. Uh, who died and uh, Stern striking a uh, sort of a reasonable position uh, with Meatloaf and his, the late Meatloaf and his family. Listen. Poor Meatloaf got sucked into some weird f***ing cult and somehow really believed that he made a statement, <laughs> I'd rather die a free man than take that vaccine, and now he's dead. I wish the family would come forward and say, you know, when Meatloaf was laying there in the hospital and he couldn't breathe, he said, I made a mistake. I should have taken the vaccine. Like all these anti-vaxxers, they all say, I made a mistake. Listen, uh, he, he was, I guess, anti-vax. Most people are pro-vax, anti-vaccine mandate. Uh, uh, Meatloaf, apparently, um, I, don't, I don't know that much about him. He was uh, staunchly anti-vax, despite the fact that he had various comorbidities, age, weight, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, that, that was a more sober uh, tone that uh, Stern struck there. That he had, yeah. as opposed to what he had been uh, striking in the past. True. Wishing people dead, yeah. saying, good, yeah. good, good riddance. No, he actually That's started over. the whole quote there by saying, poor Meatloaf. So he, yeah. uh, he knew him. He certainly felt badly. But, um, boy, what a great conversation, Lydia, this was. Yes. I, I you know, we, we, I, by the way, Howard Stern also said he doesn't think Joe Rogan should be canceled. He said, I think it's good. We're bringing you, we should be listening to differing opinions. He did say that. That's how we learn. It's thought provoking. And. But it's just like these hags. Like they're so miserable. Could you be? Could you imagine being married to Joy you? Behar? Oh, like, she looks God. like she has a wig on. on. She's a nasty vile. Like she's a nasty person. She's just like a nasty vile person. She's a and witch. She cuts people off. She's a, she a, really a, a, is. a shrill witch. Who, uh, by the way, she's retiring. I understand. She's not retiring. Really? She like like Nancy Pelosi. No, no, I actually. Heard Do you know she worked at WABC? Leader. I'm going to give. I'm going to. I'm going to say this on the air. So she worked at WABC, right? And so you know we were celebrate. We're going to celebrate our hundred year anniversary. She was asked to be a part of it, and she said, "I don't want my name mentioned with WABC." Oh, good, because we don't want her anyway. But good. we just thought we, we exactly. did the right thing. We try to be nice, but trust me, nobody here wanted her anyway. But is she really retiring? Is that true, Bert? Uh, that's what I. That's what I read. That's what wow. I heard. Yes. How about that? All right, well, listen, folks. So, Lydia, who's by. coming up at uh, five o'clock today? I have no idea. Okay. I am going to be out there outside of those St. Patrick's Cathedral this afternoon for the wake for right. Officer Rivera. He's right. the officer that was killed in Harlem Friday. We'll be talking with the police officers. Great. So we are back in the blue here at WABC, which we have done from the beginning, and they deserve it. They deserve it yeah. and not this wishy-washy Governor Hochul and DA Bragg and – all we can do is support Mayor Adams. I know, you know, we have our doubts about him, but he's doing so far so good. He's doing all the right things. And no, he not. needs the legislators to back. He's talking the right stuff, but the legislators are the ones stopping him doing anything. So far, not so good. He's not doing all the right things. He's saying some of the right things, and we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. We want him to work out, but he's not doing anything right. Anything. 
He just says a couple of the right things. Anyway, uh, Lydia, 1 to 8 is the other uh, way today. The funeral is 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. I'll be at that. You can check out Lydia on Instagram at Lydia News 1, on Twitter at uh, Lydia News. Bernie, take it away. I like it. I like it. Van Morrison, baby. I don't know, man. I was on drugs. <laughs> <Yeah. came. laughs> Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, where Bill O'Reilly might be listening right now. News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, live stream. You can watch us on your computers, your smart TVs at WABCradio.tv. The aforementioned Bill O'Reilly, the purveyor of the website, which keeps growing and growing exponentially, it's called BillOReilly.com. He's heard on 77 WABC every morning on the Bernie and Sid Show at 725, then again at 1 o'clock, then again at 9 o'clock at night. And he's often a, a guest on uh, Cat's Roundtable, Bill O'Reilly, uh, the king of all media, if you ask me. Uh, Bill, let's bring him in. But first of all, Bill, thanks for that package you sent me and the nice words. Uh, I want to acknowledge and appreciate that. You're really one hell of a, a good guy. Uh, so uh, good morning to you, Bill. Well, McGurk, I'm glad you're back. You know, when you're not in, Sid kind of wanders a little. <laughs> you're funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, he's, you got got to have somebody there to focus him. Um, he's here. He's there. He's everywhere. But uh, I'm glad you're feeling better. I'm glad you're back. I appreciate that, big bad Bill O'Reilly. Listen, Bill, uh, before we get to the real serious stuff, uh, I mean, Disney is doing this remake of uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And I understand you've been triggered. Because there's no, uh, you know, big tall people, tall mutants like yourself in it. And uh, I, I can appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for the mutant description. Um, you know, my family is uh, very pleased to hear that. Um, I don't want to ruin my uh, commentary on the Bernie and Sid show for tomorrow. And it is on the new remake of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh, okay. Okay, but I will give you a preview. So you can say the word dwarf. That is allowed. All right. But you cannot say the word midget. Right. Can't, can't say that. That's gone. So I think that uh, the Biden administration should, along with the census form, the next time we should have a little form that here are the words in the English language that you cannot say. And if you do, you'll be fined. I mean, that's where we're going here. But Disney, as you know, is woke, um, except if you go to the Disney parks. They're not really inclusive there because they charge $1,200 for a ticket. I mean, mm -hmm. you can, it's just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. um, they have a cocktail, and, and you guys will absolutely like this. You, they have a cocktail that costs $32 yep. at Disneyland uh, or Disney World or something. Number one, now we know why Goofy's not bombed all the time, okay? <laughs> because he can't afford yeah. the cocktail only a couple of times a week. So anyway, they are remaking um, Snow White, and it's going to be woke, uh, because Disney is the most woke corporation in the United States, in my opinion. Game of Thrones actor Peter Dinklage, very upset about the whole dwarf thing. We'll get to that, I'm sure, tomorrow. Uh, Bill, let's get to the week that's been here for Joe Biden. Another disastrous week, man. Trump looks better and better every second. Now the fear is is that we'll go on a war as Russia continues to amass troops uh, in Ukraine. Biden has said time and time again this week, no, I'm not sending troops. I'm not going to do it. 
But then again, he kind of intimates that he may. What is the real situation between us with Russia and the Ukraine? I still don't think Putin's going to do it, because if he does, the unintended consequences on him are going to be horrific. So there's not going to be any American troops going to Ukraine. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. When you say the unintended consequences are going to be horrific, you sound like right. Joe Biden. What are they going to be? What are they going to? What are we going to do? Okay, so if Biden does what he says he'll do, and he has to, all right, then the Russian economy would not be able to use dollars in international transactions anymore. Okay. Okay. That's that bad. will crash the Russian economy, which is bad now right, right so the since this stuff started the russian stock market's down about 18 percent. did you know that yes okay so the yeah. russian stock market such as it is all right is declining and the ruble and i know everybody's got rubles <laughs> that's declined about 25 30 percent as well in value so he goes in you double that on the stock market crashes the currency crashes Russia's economy is not really good. Everybody thinks that Russia is a sophisticated country. It's not. It's the oligarchs, the Putin buddies that get all the gas and oil money, and the folks uh, are eating cabbage. All right, they don't have a lot of stuff. And look at the map: biggest country in the world. So Putin knows that if his economy goes in a tank because he invades Ukraine, he himself is putting uh, will be in jeopardy. It is exactly the way it was in 1980 when the Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan. There was no reason to do it, and they got their butt kicked. You think the Ukrainians are just going to say, okay, there'll be urban guerrilla warfare all over that country. There'll be explosions every single day. There'll be body bags going back to Russia all the time. And that's going to be all on Putin, plus everybody in the world except China and North Korea and Iran will hate him. Because he's disrupting the world economy. Those are the unintended consequences. It would be a quagmire, in other words, for uh, Russia, uh, Bill O'Reilly on the Bernie and Sid show. You know, the sad thing, though, uh, from my perspective anyway, is that it really it's a, it, it distracts really from the disaster that is the Joe Biden that Sid alluded to, the Joe Biden administration. That and this now this uh, seemingly forced uh, retirement of this uh, Supreme Court Justice uh, Breyer. Uh, which they they got ahead of him, they humiliated him, and uh, who knows what the story is behind him. But uh, these are the things that are going to distract from the real issues here, which is inflation, which is crime, which is the border, which uh, you alluded to on your show last night, as a matter of fact. Uh, talk to us about that, Bill. McGurk, let me break this to you very gently, mm -hmm. okay? I wouldn't, you know, in the past, I just hit you right between the eyes. <laughs> You've been very okay. gentle. All right. Everybody knows Biden is a screw-up. Everyone, the dimmest among us, and I'm not mentioning any names, but you know who they are. <laughs> they all know. The American people do not have to be persuaded that he can't do the job. Okay? Right. Now, some people don't care. It's like de Blasio. Some people don't care. Hey, I'm going to wreck the city. Yay! I'll vote for you. Please wreck the city. All right? No two sides to the story. So Biden's not running again. I mean, I love this press. Biden's going to run again. Please. Kamala Harris is going to be the Supreme Court justice. It's all BS. There's no way on earth Biden runs again. His own party doesn't want him to run again. No. What is he going to run on the mugwump ticket? <laughs> <laughs> it's a disaster. But but the same people that are ready to admit 
that Joe Biden, which is everybody, this is bipartisan now, right, Bill? Republicans know we can't get it done. Democrats know. They're also not exactly at the point where they're saying, boy, I really miss Trump. Now that I think about it, now that I think about it, Donald Trump wasn't all that bad. They're still trying to find a way to explain why Donald Trump wasn't good while bashing Joe Biden at the same time. That makes very little sense to me. You're always going to have that. It's like the New York Yankees. There are people who hate the Yankees no matter what the Yankees are going to do. Right. Right. Okay. So Trump, they're going to hate him, and he can't do anything about it. But he's not helping himself. Uh, and I don't know how many times I've had this discussion with the former president. Uh-oh. If he would just run on his record, and that brings me to President's Day weekend coming up in February. We are going to put out on BillOReilly.com about an hour and 15 minutes of the Trump history tour. And you will see a completely different Donald Trump. Then you yeah. see at his rallies when he can't get away from the election of 2020. I said, look, all you do is tell the people if you re- reelect me, I'll get a special counsel to look into that election and we will expose the fraud in an official capacity. And then just go on your record. Drop it. It doesn't do you any good. So that's my take. Uh, uh, yeah. And as a big Trump supporter, I actually agree with you, Bill O'Reilly. Oh, my God. So, oh, I'm so happy. Honestly, though, but you're right. It makes so, <laughs> such common sense. But he, he's, he, he's myopic in, in that sense that he can't just get away from it. But in the minutes we have left, we have two dead cops uh, here in New York yeah. City, Bill O'Reilly. Yeah. And, of course, you have Eric Adams he kind of saying the right thing. Maybe not. He wants to reform the no-cash bail law. But apparently uh, the governor doesn't want to. Uh, I mean, what is going worst. on? Look. If you, if anybody listening to us votes for Kathy Hochul, I mean, it's just like de Blasio. She's not as crazy and she's not a communist, all right? But she doesn't care about you. I mean, people are in danger in New York City, particularly in the poor neighborhoods. Do you not get that, Governor? Yeah. Why aren't you, you know, look, this Nobel thing is way worse than anybody ever thought it was. Because the police don't make the arrests now. They let these people run wild because they know they'll get yelled at if they bring someone in on a questionable felony. So they don't. I mean, we, you yeah. know, how many videos do you need of people walking into CVS, throwing stuff in a cart and walking out, stealing everything? There's a security go, go, have a nice day. Yep. Yep. And, and, t- and, and local yep. doesn't care. Doesn't care. That's the headline. And, and even worse, she's such a phony that if you read today's New York Post, as you know you did, Bill O'Reilly, she doesn't care. She's all for bail reform. And then she has the nerve this morning to say, but just so you know, Alvin Bragg, I'm keeping my eye on you. Well, which That's one right. is it? Which one is it, Bill? I, I, you know, my third grade teacher said that to me. Billy O'Reilly, I'm keeping my eye on you. (laughs) And I said, okay, I'm handsome. That's a good thing for you to do. Um, Look, again, this is not a woman, a politician, a governor who is going to help the people of New York, period. Exactly right. Listen, if you want to keep an eye on Bill O'Reilly, go to BillOReilly.com. There's a TV show every night. It is terrific. It is growing exponentially, the BillOReilly.com website. Also, he's on WABC all day long and on the Bernie and Sid Show every single morning and on Thursdays at 840. Bill O'Reilly.
Thank you so much. All right. I'm glad you like the snacks, McGurk. Stay strong, okay? You're the man, Bill, really, honestly. I'm sorry I made fun of you. (laughs) It's okay. I love you. It's all good. Bill O'Reilly, the main man, and, of course, he's with us every Thursday at 840. And as Bill mentioned, talking about throwing stuff inside your, I don't know, your, what do you have there, a bag? Maybe you've got one of those wheelie things at CVS. That's exactly what actor Michael Rappaport saw just a couple of days ago here in New York, and he'll join us next to tell us all about it. Big-time actor Michael Rappaport, fourth and final hour of Bernie and Sid is coming up next. That, this dude is... I can't believe I'm seeing this. This Yo! This guy just filled his two bags up with everything in Rite Aid right here on 80th and 1st Avenue. He's walking down the street like is Gucci. Look at me in my face like what's good. He's. I was watching him the whole time. My man just went Christmas shopping in January. Take my photo off the wall if it just won't sing for you. All that's left has gone away And there's nothing there for you to prove That was the video that our friend Michael Rappaport took at a local writing on the Upper East Side a couple of days ago. Look, you guys know I love Rappaport. He's a great actor. His show Atypical on cable TV was uh, on Netflix was as good as any I've ever seen. He's been in a ton of amazing movies. He's been in every TV show ever created. He's got his own podcast, I Am Rappaport, which is also great. And these days, I think, he's even filling in for Wendy Williams, who is still MIA, and that's not Miami. Here he is, the very talented dear friend of mine and Bernie, Michael Rappaport. Rap, good morning. Welcome back to Bernie and Sid. How are you? How are you guys? How's it going, Sid? Going well. Bernie's here, too. Say hello. Hi. What's up, Mikey? Bernie, how are you, my friend? Could be a lot worse, man. Good to have you. Thanks to have you here, Mike. So let, let's talk about, uh, you know, you split your, your time wrap between New York and Los Angeles, and you've seen some of these, some crazy things out on the West Coast as well. But you're really a New Yorker through and through, grew up here, Upper East Side. When you saw that a couple of days ago, I know you weren't shocked, but it was still very disturbing nevertheless. Yes? Well, I mean, I, I want to, you know, the word shock is, you know, is dramatic, but I was just to see somebody do that so casually and so deliberately and without fear and without, you know, it was funny because we made direct eye contact a few times. And normally when somebody's doing something bad, they give you a vibe of what are you looking at or don't look right. at me. Right. He, he, there, there was no fear in him and he was not trying to project any fear onto me. It was sort of like, I'm, doing my thing here hope you're having a good day and uh, i'll see you later <laughs> that, that's the thing i think that uh was most unusual you know because it was just sort of you know it wasn't mind your business man I, you know it was just i'm doing this and the security guard told me that it happens all the time and he told me that the day before uh, a, a white kid a young white kid came in there took two cases of beer 
gave him the peace sign and said, have a nice day. But, like, it wasn't even mocking. It was just kind of like, hey, good to see you, you know, like <laughs> walking into your, your local place to get your your supplies and, and, and goods and walking out. And so- to me, you know, being a native New Yorker and, and you know, being back here full-time, I'm actually back here full-time now, and, you know, specifically the Upper East Side, you know, when Cindy used to live over here, I used to run into you. Yep. You know, for for it to happen in broad daylight so casually, that's what stuck out to me. And, of course, Michael Rappaport on the Bernie and Sid Show. Uh, you, you hear reports it's been happening for a long time. It's been happening in cities across America. But here in New York City, high-end stores and, and the, these pharmacies, which, by the way, the shelves are bare because of just this, but uh, my question to you, Michael, is when you did speak to the security guard who is featured prominently on your videotape, what did he tell you? What What are his instructions? Why is he standing there with a security jacket if he's not he going to stop somebody like that? He said you can't do anything about it. I mean, we didn't go into an in-depth thing, but it's the same thing. You know, we already know you can't stop them. Um, he, he, You know, he said it happens all the time. What is he going to do, get into fights every day? You know, I, I'm sure it's not worth it for him. Um, one thing that I'll add is that that particular Rite Aid is closing February 15th because yep. of the theft. Wow. And the pharmacists who work there, who are, you know, nice women who I deal with all the time, who I've dealt with for years, um, they don't know if they're going to have jobs. They don't know if they're going to be uh, transferred to other, other Rite Aids or, or not. So that's, that's another thing that's pathetic. And and that's sad, you know, and like a lot of, you know, stupid people will be like, oh, well, uh, you know, insurance will cover it. All. Insurance doesn't cover people's jobs. And it doesn't matter insurance. Everybody's got an excuse for everything. You know, oh, well, insurance and, oh, it's, it's uh, you know, it's big industry. You know, it, 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 it's, it's a matter of we're living in, we're talking about the greatest city in the world where you could walk into uh, a, a supermarket, you could walk into a pharmacy, you could walk into a J. Crew store or an Apple store at this point and, and just get what you want to get. It's, it's not right. No, it's, it's not right. So, so let me ask you this, because you and I have had back and forths on this station, and you and Bernie about politics. I don't want to go there today. We know how you felt about Donald Trump and this and that. Okay. But uh, what do you attribute it to, Michael? You're a very, very smart guy. You're in tune. You follow what's going on across this country. I mean, it's, it's the laws. It's, it's, it's the laws. It's, it's the, the, the lack of the, 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 the policies and the, the arrest policies. and the, it's, it's the laws. I mean, you, you guys break it down. Tell me. You tell me. Because I, you know, I know we go back and forth, and people say Democrat, Republican. Listen, well, it is Demo- it is Democrat, it is Democrat law. Politicians, not yeah. the law. It's politicians. It's the poli- the, the political law. political policies. Yes, they are Democrats. It's, it, it's it's not good. It's not good. And you know, just just to clarify, we talked about this over and over. And, and last time I was up there with you, it said we clarified things and we talked about things, and people yep. still. You know, they have wax and whatever they want. To yeah, I just want, I just want, I'm glad you brought because you actually said that day, you actually said that day, listen, I didn't hate everything Donald Trump did. I liked some of the stuff Donald Trump did in your defense, and they still railroaded you. But you're willing to admit right now that these political policies, the Democrat, they're not good. They're not good. They're, they're, they're not good. And I don't care, you know, the labeling of it is, is something I think we need to get all, all away from because people don't want to be wrong. People don't want to be called stupid for voting for this one. People don't. It's like collectively, there shouldn't be lines drawn in the sand. I'm a this, 
I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, I'm a centrist, I'm all these. It's like, let's just make things correct. You know, let's make things right. No one wants to feel unsafe. It is not, it's not right to be able to walk into a, a supermarket or an Apple store and, and take things. Uh, if, if, if you have a gun, uh, uh, you, don't, you shouldn't come out of jail. Uh, you shouldn't be forgiven quicker than uh, a comedian like Louis C.K., like Louis C.K. has been exonerated. There's people who get gun charges. They they go. They're they're, they're like, oh, we'll give them a second chance. Right. It, it's it's ridiculous. And 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 I know you know bringing up Louis C.K. is sort of out of left field, but it, it's it's not good. I'm not happy about it. Um. And and uh, you know, like I said, as much as I you know couldn't stand. Uh. You know, listen. I'm not happy with with cadaver uh, Joe Biden. I think he's a mess. I am optimistic. About Eric Adams, he he was a cop. He's from Brownsville. He knows what needs to be done. That's a fact. He knows what needs to be done because he knows what safety means. He's probably dealt with things that the average person hasn't dealt with. Being a cop for twenty years and seen and, and is aware of things that have gone on in the city, and and been exposed to things that have gone on in the city that would make every single person listening, including you two guys and myself, shake in our boots. He knows, you know, what safety means. And, you know, although I don't care about what the, the, these people, uh, you know, the, the, these, these faux pas, these men he, he's, he's had in the last, you know, since he started, he needs to get people feeling safe. You shouldn't be uh, terrified to go on the subway. Uh, and, and what do you guys think about uh, um, his chances of, you know, getting things, you know, back in the five boroughs? Well, listen, he has to, what he has to do, uh, Michael Rappaport in the Bernie situation, he has to call people out. He, he, you're, you're exactly right. A former cop says the right things, knows what needs to be done. But there are people standing in his way. There are people, for, for example, the no-cash bail law that allows people out, uh, violent felons out. Judges can't yeah, do anything about it. He needs to call those people out in the state legislature by name and say, listen, you are causing people to die. You are causing black people in black neighborhoods and white people, of course, but the, the majority are minorities. You are causing people to die. He's got to call them out by name strongly and say, change your position, change this law, get this law passed so that judges have the discretion to lock up violent felons and not let them out because their hands are handcuffed. That's what he needs to do. Well, hopefully he does it. Hopefully he does it because uh, it's, it's ridiculous. Terrible. Well, listen, we can't let Michael Rappaport go without bringing up the Real Housewives. That is your, your number one passion besides your acting. And uh, Jen Wynn on the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City recently got fired because she was critical of uh, what's going on in the black community. She did call out BLM, which, by the way, so do me and Bernie do all the time, which you know about. And uh, Jen Shah, the other star on that show, who I can't stand, turns out she's married to a black man. She got crazy. She started yelling and screaming. So Jen Shah, who just arrested for, like, uh, stealing, like, a billion dollars, she's still on the show. But sweet little Asian Jen, which is what they call her. I don't call her that. They do. She's off the show. How do you explain that? How do you explain that, Mike? <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. I, I think that I think that it's ridiculous. Um, I think that people. I like diversity of opinion. I, you know, everybody talks about this diversity of stuff. I, the reason why you know I like talking to you guys. We don't agree on everything politically, uh, uh, and and I, me and Sid talk all the time. I like diversity. I like. Uh, uh, you know, people not being on the same page, and and I have no problem it, it, with with it. And I think 
you know, like everybody, like I said, the word diversity is thrown around, but diversity of opinion, of opinion is the thing that's being censored and the thing that's not being allowed. So as far as uh, the gen situation, I think it's ridiculous. I think, again, you know, people don't need to agree with everything. It, it, just because you, you don't agree with the policies of BLM doesn't mean you're, you know, Hitler. Uh, it doesn't mean you're a, a Nazi. It doesn't mean you're a racist. These right. Big sweeping words that get thrown around. You know, I don't want, uh, uh, the, you know, as far as, you know, Jen Shaw, I, until she's innocent till proven guilt, guilty, just like Erica Jane, you know, uh, she's innocent till proven. Everybody wants to fire everybody if they don't like what you've done. If you've done certain things, okay, that makes that makes sense. If you've, you know, committed crimes, you've, uh, then I understand. But like everybody, be like, fire this person, fire. This. It's like, what, what, for what? Because you don't like what they, you know, things they've things they've said. If they right. don't break the law, and uh, you know they're not, you know, it doesn't mean she's she's a racist or any any of the things that have come out about. Uh, uh, Jenny so far. So I think it's ridiculous, but I am a huge fan. I'm pumped for Real Housewives of New Jersey premiering next week. And, you know, we could go down to Real Housewives, uh, a rabbit hole, uh, anytime you want. <laughs> yeah. no, I know. We know you love that show. And yeah, Jersey's coming back on Tuesday and they're all great shows, but, uh, you were, uh, you were great. You're always great, Mike. You're always great. I'm glad Bernie was here today to come on too, because you missed the last time you were here, but uh, it was great to have all three of us on together. And, uh, you know how I feel about you, Mike. I think you're a stand-up guy. You're a great guy, tremendous actor, very talented guy. And I don't mind disagreeing with you. And I don't mind when you disagree with Bernie, because I think everybody would agree that was just eight minutes of really good radio. So thank you for stopping by this morning, and, and uh, we'll see you and, on and thanks, for, thanks for chronicling what happened on the Upper East Side there. Really resonated with the, with the nation, I would say. So, uh, it's crazy. Kudos I mean, you know, to you for funny. that. It's funny because, you know, I put out videos. Some are funny. Some are ranting. Some, you know, and, you know, you, I never put it out with an agenda. And that, I mean, just like all over the, literally all over the world. It's, it's wow. crazy. I don't know. I don't know why, but um, you listen, I love you guys. Uh, you know, stay safe. I think we, you, you guys mentioned right before I came on, you probably been talking about it. We're getting a huge snowstorm uh, on Monday. And I hope everybody's healthy and uh, has a fantastic, fantastic uh, 2022. Enjoy the snow this weekend. Get your sled out, Sid. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right, Mike. Take care, pal. Thank you so much, okay? All right, you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Take, Take care. care, bro. All right. The great Michael Rappaport right here with uh, Bernie and Sid. Uh, we're going to play Beat Bernie coming up uh, in about 20 minutes. Your chance to take on, I think he's the smartest He's, he's the smartest guy I know. I'll tell you that. I know that, a lot of very smart people. Uh, I, I disagree with that, but thank you. No, it's true. And I know a lot of very smart people, including the man to my left, Pete Morgan. He's a very smart guy. The woman to my right, Christina, she's a very smart girl. Justin, not so smart. No, not really. No. 1-800-848-ABC, <laughs> 1-800-848-9222. Pete Morgan is going to give you 100 bucks today if you could beat Bernie's ass. Coming up in about 20 minutes. It's the Thursday edition of Bernie and Sid. Keep it right here.
Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Also simulcast out on Eastern Long Island News Talk 107.1 FM and live streamed on your smart TVs, on your computers at WABCradio.tv. Uh, Sydney, yeah, that was uh, an interesting conversation with Rappaport. He was a little laid back, but uh, very, very interesting. And again, uh, it's people like Michael Rappaport. When, when, you know, they, they used to say uh, that there's an old maxim, if you're 20 years old and you're not a liberal, you don't have a heart. Right. If you're 50 years old and you're not a conservative, you don't have a brain. Right. <laughs> and also, uh, you know, they, they, they also say that conservatives are liberals who got mugged. So, I mean, Rappaport saw this in front of, you know, in front of his eyes. He videotaped it. It was right there. And he was stunned by it. He was shocked by it. I mean, you read about it, you hear about it, but until you're, and he wasn't necessarily a victim, but uh, close. I mean, just standing there watching it, it, it opens your eyes and it makes you say, look, these are, there are real world consequences to what these politicians are doing, these woke politicians. And that is what's, uh, I, I think, hopefully, waking up the electorate. The, they're having this epiphany right now, a lot of them. Uh, and, and, and look at the outpouring of sympathy for the police, slain police officers from all walks of life. People yes. who would have been throwing uh, Molotov cocktails at the cops uh, less than two years ago now are saying, uh, uh, singing a different tune. I, I espouse. I no, listen, he, he's a hardcore guy. He um, and he is certainly very upset. He, he flat out admitted during that conversation. His quote was, "I don't like it." Talking about democratic policies, democratic right. policies. I don't like it. He called Joe Biden a cadaver. He said he hopes for the best from Eric Adams, um, and he did say last time he was here, when you weren't here that day, that for all the abuse he takes over Trump, because he did do some videos on his Instagram that were really nasty, really nasty about Donald Trump. But he said on this show, and Pete, you heard it, that I didn't dislike all of Donald Trump's policies. In fact, I liked a bunch of them. So he, you know, he goes over the top on Instagram to to appease his followers and his fans and the Democrats out there. But if you listen to Michael Rappaport closely, the last two times he's been on this program, you can tell he may be one of those guys, Bernard, that you've been talking about. Yeah, uh, again, uh, right? That's it's, it's you know the one uh, sort of a Bill Maher type of guy. You know, people who are again waking up to the madness uh, on the various issues: the COVID derangement syndrome crime and uh, just the awful, the, 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 the destructive policies of the left, the, the wokesters, these crazy people, these nuts, these lunatics who hate this country. This is a beautiful country. That Upper East Side, by the way, I, I go to my doctors up there, the Memorial Sloan Kettering, yep. on the Upper East Side. It's a beautiful, beautiful area. I mean, just a Gorgeous. really fun, nice, yep. happening area. But I'll tell you this, walking through the streets... You have uh, you have all kinds of homeless people and shady characters heckling you as you're walking down the block, just ruining the whole vibe. And, and, and by the way, that's Lexington Avenue, that's Madison Avenue, that's Park Avenue. You're talking about some of the richest parts of this country because yeah, I yeah. actually first, second, that's third right. Avenues. Yeah. yeah, I'm there every Saturday at Mile High and 85th and Lexington, and I can't believe some of the folks. Now, you, Christina, you, you know Michael Rappaport very well. Michael's very close with your friend Dolores. Very, mm-hmm. very close. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's filling in for Wendy Williams next week. She's going to be on the show. She is. And you were sitting here, and, and, and you went, Pete, and I was watching your face, and your facial expression said, oh, my God, is that really Michael Rappaport? Like, you were surprised. It was refreshing. 
Absolutely. It was refreshing. I mean, he he made a lot of sense. And like Bernie said, we're starting to see a pattern here because someone like Michael Rappaport, who, you know, leans heavily to the left for him to be saying, I don't like what's going on. You know, obviously under President Biden, things are getting too crazy. And I think even on the left side, you're, you're seeing a lot of people saying, OK, now. Things are getting too crazy here. This is too much. What do you think, Pete? You think that uh, Bernie's been saying this now for uh, the better part of a couple of weeks, and he really believes this. And and I'm kind of pushing back. But, again, Michael Rappaport may be further evidence that, that Bernie is right. Do you think that, that Bernie is right, that even folks that are knee-deep in this stuff on the left are starting to say, oh, my God, I've had enough? Well, you look around and you see what's happening around the country. I mean, I had a similar incident in Chicago. A woman came into a, a, a coffee shop at O'Hare Hilton and just started filling a bag. I'm like, hey, hey, what are you doing? Is that right? Right oh, in front yeah. of you? Right in front of me. I said, what are you doing? <laughs> I was behind her in line, and the, the attendant, you know, working behind the counter turned around and said, hey, I guess she was a frequent flyer of the uh, coffee <laughs> joint. Anyway, she, she made her put back, but she probably put back half of what she stole. So this stuff is going on everywhere. People are sick of it. It yeah. doesn't matter politically where you are. There's right and wrong. That's just wrong. Between right. that and COVID and all the other stuff we've dealt with. And like and, and Bernie said it before. If you don't have law and order, you don't have anything. But here's the exactly. other problem, Bernie, while we're talking about all these things that are nice and it's great. And people are waking up. John Katsimatidis was on with you and I, Bernie, when we introduced Edgardo Alpanzo as the manager of the Staten Island Ferry Hawks. And what story did we talk about at the end of the conversation? That here are folks uh, outside that vigil in Harlem last night that slashed the tires, slashed the tires of police guys and, and vigil goers last night in Harlem as they're about to bury two dead cops. So that, that actually spits in the face of what you're talking about. Yeah, it's sickening. Well, probably just, uh, you know, I would imagine teenagers, uh, you know, uh, uh, not not very, well, whatever. Not, not, I was going to say not very thoughtful criminals. That's stupid. But uh, probably just vandals, uh, uh, teens. But if not, I hope they got them on videotape and they catch these bastards. And uh, and, and I, I don't know, throw the they'll probably be out on no cash bail because it wasn't a violent crime. But, yeah, that is a despicable, despicable act. And it is dispiriting right now as we get, you know, as the city comes together to mourn the deaths of these two uh, beautiful Dominican police officers. It really is a, a horrific thing to see. Ho- uh, hopefully they try it again at some point and, and, and a crowd catches them yeah. and they administer some street justice. That's what I'm talking about, Charles Bronson, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I catch do. it on videotape and, uh, and you know, send a message to the rest of them out there. I, I, I pray something like that happens. And to Bernie's point, the wake for Jason Rivera is uh, today from 1 to 8 at St. Patrick's Cathedral. They will transport his body from Inwood, from the funeral home, to St. Patrick, uh, St. Patrick's at 11.30. The wake is from 1 to 8. Rivera's funeral, which I'll be at, is tomorrow at 9. And then Wilbert Mora's funeral will be Wednesday at the same funeral home where Rivera is right now in Inwood, uh, over there by um, where I used to live out there uh, in the Bronx by Riverdale. That'll be uh, Morris' interview coming up, interview, funeral coming up on Wednesday. So that is the specifics on both cops and where their funerals are. Now it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. All right, time to play beat Bernie. Doc is in Brooklyn, and he's a retired doctor. You can't make it up. Doc, that's easy. Uh, Doc, how are you? Very good, thank you. What kind of doctor are you? Gynecologist, proctologist, heart surgeon, what do you do? 
plastic surgery, but retired. Oh, but you're a plastic surgeon, really? I have something common with Bernie. What's I that? Cancer to prostate spread, went okay. to Sloan Kettering, and oh. I'm in total remission. Oh, really? Oh, that is great to hear. How many years have you been in remission? Uh, five or six. Oh, good. Okay. That's more good news for Bernie. Bernie's going to be fine, by the way. He's the strongest guy I know. So you uh, did you practice out of Brooklyn when you were, you know, giving ladies uh, new boobies and new asses and all that? No, I practiced in New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. So you're the real deal. All right. Here's number one, Doc. Who was the former Hewlett-Packard CEO and the only female to run for the Republican presidential nomination back in 2015? Remember her? Hillary Clinton. She's a Democrat. The Republican back then was Carly Fiorina. Number two, prior to becoming Bill Clinton's vice president in 1993, Al Gore was a United States senator from what great state? Tennessee. Yes, Tennessee's right. All right, Doc, what four presidents' busts make up Mount Rushmore? Four. Say that again. What four presidents make up Mount Rushmore? Oh, God. I know one is Roosevelt. Yep. I don't know all four. Are you serious? Who was the first president ever? George Washington. Very good. Uh, You're missing Thomas Jefferson and Abraham Lincoln. Do you think Donald Trump eventually should be on Mount Rushmore? Of course. All right. Good answer, sir. The New York City Park... Hart Island is located in what borough? Hart Island? Hart. H-A-R-T. Hart Island. I guess the Bronx. Yes! Not bad. And finally, the chance to go three out of five, Doc. Who is the current Prime Minister of the United Kingdom? Um, that is, uh, oh boy, not Gordon. Uh, no. Gordon? No. Johnson. Okay. Now we're looking for uh, we're looking for Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson. All right, Doc, you got two right, and uh, we'll put you on hold. See if Bernie fares any better. Bernard, you with us? I'm here, Sydney. All right, the uh, contestant, just so you know, also had prostate cancer, also went to Sloan Kettering. Wow! And he's been fine for six years. I like what I hear. All right, so that's the good news. The more good news is you only need three right to beat him. Okay? Even better. Here we go. Who was the former? Hewlett-Packard CEO, Bernie, and the only female to run for the Republican presidential nomination back in 2015. Carly Shimkus would be the wrong answer. (laughs) Carly Fiorina. Very good. (laughs) Who called her ugly? Was that Trump or somebody called her ugly? Uh, Well, Trump didn't say she was ugly. He said... uh, She was ugly. He said nobody's going to vote for her with that face, meaning she was uh, angry. (laughs) She was ugly, though. All right, there you have it. Uh, he just he killed everybody back then. He was great. Prior to becoming Bill Clinton's vice president in 1993, Al Gore was a United States senator from what state? Well, Georgia would be the wrong answer. Tennessee would right, be the wrong answer. Yeah, one more, and you win today's game. This one you're going to get to. What four presidents' busts make up Mount Rushmore? Uh, that would be uh, that would be Washington, right. Jefferson, right. Uh, Roosevelt, right. and Lincoln. There you go. Well, Bernie already won today's game. Let's see if we can get perfect here. The New York City Park, Hart Island, is located in what borough? Hart, H-A-R-T. Hart Island would be uh, affiliated with the Bronx. That's right. As you know, going up there in the Bronx, here's your chance to go perfect today, Bernard. Who, and you will, who is the current prime minister of the United Kingdom? 
Uh, that'd be my boy who just lifted all uh, mask mandates and vax mandates in the UK, uh, Boris Johnson. Yes, the only leader maybe in history to have worse hair than Trump is uh, Bojo. <laughs> anyway, yep. excellent job. That's a five to two win today, Bernard. Say hello to Doc in Brooklyn. Doc, What's up? how you doing, Doc? Good. Congratulations. Thank you, Doc. Good, good effort. Uh, hey, Doc, are you a doc or did you used to sell drugs? So I'm a retired doctor. Yes. Oh, you are. So you you had prostate cancer. You went through Memorial Sloan Kettering, and uh, they did right by you, which uh, it was music to my ears. Now I'm in remission. Yeah, I've been following uh, Bernie to see what was going on. Yeah, I'm totally re- in remission now. No, 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 uh, uh, no cancer there. So I Be- wish Bernie the same. Listen, I wish you the same, Doc. Uh, listen, great effort and uh, congratulations. Thank you for listening to the Bernie and Sid show, and Godspeed uh, in, in the future. Thank you very much. Thank All right, Doc. Much. All right. Uh, that is another great edition of Beat Bernie. Bernie goes perfect. He wins 5-2. to two. The phones are open, 1-800-848-WABC. When we get back, though, we'll go around the room, as we like to do now, and get thoughts from everybody on the way out besides me and Bernie. we got Christina, Pete Morgan, Luke Lograno, Jason Ellick, Frankie Diaz with an E, Mike Garcia, the What's whole crew. What is that? What's my name? Jason Ellick. No. Is that? No. What is it? My name's Justin. What did I say? Jason. Nobody cares. God, you just go to commercial. Jeez, gave me a break. Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Great. I'm watching the video now. Sarah Palin and Ronnie Duguay having dinner, and she's got COVID. Uh, folks, this is serious stuff. 77 WABC listeners following the fatal shooting of NYPD officers Jason Rivera and Wilbert Mora. It is more important than ever to show our police the support and respect they deserve. This Friday, tomorrow, 77 WABC is asking all Americans to stand and take a moment of silence for one minute at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to honor two true heroes, police officers Jason Rivera and police officer Wilbert Mora. You can also show your support for officers Rivera, officer Mora, their families, friends, and all police personnel by heading over to wabcradio.com slash pin and get a free 77 WABC back the blue pin. Once you get your pin, take a selfie, post it to your social media with the hashtag 77WABCB2B. That's hashtag W-A-B-C-B-T-B, which stands for Back the Blue. And let the world know you back the blue. That's WABCradio.com slash pin for a free 77 WABC Back the Blue pin. And join 77 WABC in showing your support for the police. So tomorrow, Bernie's going to take the day off. He deserves it. What a great week of shows Bernie put on, by the way. Great week. I'm going to do two hours. That's it, six to eight. I'm going to leave at 8 o'clock with uh, my friend Louis Spagnola, Dolores' brother, walk over to St. Patrick's and head to the funeral myself. And I guess Curtis will take over. I'm not sure. But that is uh, tomorrow's schedule. With that said, let's wrap up this great show. 
We'll go around the room, end with me and Bernie. Justin Ellick, 30 seconds, quickly, your take on the day. Uh, well, I would say the Ferry Hawks have their new manager, but uh, it was more so what we learned from uh, our, our owner and operator, John Katsimatidis, during that discussion, which was the tire slashings last night, Yeah, um, which is absolutely terrible. So something needs to be done about that. All right. That's a, those are two very, very good ones. Thank you for that. Uh, Luke Lagrano, traffic extraordinaire. What's on your mind this yeah, morning? Aside from the roads being a mess. Uh, <laughs> no, no sir, that, we got that press conference coming up with, uh, with it. Uh, Edgardo Alfonso. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I, I don't know what's gotten into me. I'm too busy yeah. focused on the LIE right now. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, New York Mets Hall of Famer and a, a player that I grew up watching. So really big deal to have him in studio and to, to announce it here on WABC. It was so annoying with the picture. Like, like Bernie, have you ever seen me do anything like that? Uh, I, I didn't see what happened. To be quite he was like, he's like, could you take a picture? He was like all over the guy. Oh, what's, have I ever seen you do anything like that? Uh, that's the understated, understated question of the year. What? Remember when I followed like Bruno Mars in the elevator, like hanging on his leg? And oh, my God, yeah, yeah, hang, exactly. Hanging and I'm on a lot his leg. Than you are, Sid, too. I got that going for me. And, and, and the, 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 the infamous Lance Lance Armstrong story. That was the you, worst. You were savaging, savaging the guy. He comes in live and Sid is like, yo, bro, what's up, man? He's hugging him, kissing him. The day bro, before, hugging him. to Bernie's point, this is like 20 years ago, and I'm if you remember, Pete, the day before, I'm like, he cheated with Cheryl Crow. He's a scumbag. He cheated. And Bernie's right. The next day, I'm like, Lance, you're my hero. I got to be honest. You're yep. the <laughs> I wouldn't leave him alone. I know, the worst. Mike Garcia, what's on your mind today, pal? Well, after everything that's been going on this week, I just want to have a quick shout-out to uh, the family of friends of Jason Rivera, considering the fact that he's a cop and he's Dominican. Uh, so this is my message to him and to uh, to his family. Descansar en paz y muchas gracias por todo todo eso. Wow. By the way, Wilbert Moro died. He was also Latino. So that's both beautiful. of those cops. That was yeah, Dominican. Dominican. The reason why they're having these... Uh, they're up in that funeral homes in uh, Inwood. Inwood has become a big uh, Dominicano uh, yeah, haven. That's right. That's true. 30 seconds. Christina, what's on your mind this morning? I thoroughly enjoyed the interview with Michael Rappaport. Yeah. Uh, he's got a he's got a big personality on social media, on Instagram, that I know tends to rub some people the wrong way. So I think this allowed him to be seen in a different light. Agreed. Totally agree. I think that was also the, one of the highlights of today's show. Absolutely. Uh, Pete Morgan, what's, uh, what do you got in your mind there? Well, I plan to come in here, as you know, 10 days ago and wish you guys a happy anniversary. I was wishing Bernie was would be here, but I'm so happy to hear him. He sounds great. His voice the last two days has sounded strong, yep. almost pre-treatment strong. So uh, keep up the fight, my brother. I love you. And uh, it was a great morning. A lot of Pete, fun. Yeah, a lot of laughs. I, I can't even tell you, Pete. You're one of the – I've said it before, the salt of the earth. Such, such a nice – I can't even tell you what he's done for me off the air. The encouragement, uh, the stuff he sent me. It's just him and Maureen, his wife Maureen. These are great, great, yep. good American people. Yep. I've uh, I've experienced that as well on a very personal level like you have, Bernard, from Pete and Maureen. They are beautiful uh, people. Let me also say on the way out, Bernie, happy anniversary. Uh, the dream, as you wrote in my book 12 years ago, was to one day work with you. And now, six years later, it has met uh, – it's exceeded – Every expectation I could have imagined back in our days together on Imus. So I love you. I'm glad you sounded great this week. It really makes me happy. Happy anniversary, pal. Uh, thank you so much, Sid. Uh, again, right back at you. I'm blessed to have you, Sid, Ro- Sid Sidney Arthur Rosenberg. I am blessed, and I love you as well. Thank you, Bernie. We'll uh, talk to you Monday morning. I'll be here for two hours tomorrow. 
It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.